You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today we're going to catch up with our good friend Ash Ortiz, a professional hair and makeup artist based in LA. We have a wide-ranging conversation covering everything from... Hair salons in the pandemic? To neo-Nazis in the government. It's a wild one. Isn't it always a wild one? It's always wild with you, baby. <laughs> oh my... <laughs> Get this child. Yeah, where's Betsy DeVos? Betsy, who, get these kids. Who, who put that kid up to that? Well, his uh, mom. Maybe his mom is the woman that was like screaming about. I, uh, you know, not on the backs of my kids. Are you getting federal funding? That's how I feel about that. The fact that they're still protesting about wearing masks. I don't understand that we're still on that. Is this what the whole save the children hashtag save the children campaign is about? Saving that that single child from being <laughs> the child trafficking that Somebody is putting them in public that kid. school. Hashtag save that child. I don't know. <laughs> There's a Wayfair cabinet named after him, and they have him on TV talking about pneumonia or not pneumonia, about the flu being worse than coronavirus. Like this poor kid is being brainwashed to now go on national TV and be the spokesperson of I guess dying children from the flu. He's like the right Greta Thunberg. <laughs> well, okay, here's my question. Like, okay, you think the flu kills more than coronavirus? Are you going to get a flu vaccine? No, you're probably an anti-vaxer. Yeah. So it's like you don't care about anything then. Just let your kid die. You don't I... care that he's on national TV. Apparently. Just gotta, we gotta play the rest of this, because this is just pretty wild. Okay, here you go. Flu kills more than coronavirus. Others calling the virus a hoax, or stating that asymptomatic carriers simply do not exist. And they cannot <laughs> be forced to wear masks anywhere as citizens of the United States. If we want to wear a mask, that's fine. We can take care of ourselves. Some rally attendees say they shouldn't ever wear masks if they have any medical issues or mental health concerns, or if they feel they simply can't breathe. When George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, and then he died, and now we're wearing a mask, and we said, I can't breathe, but we're being forced to wear it anyway. Guess why? Because you're still alive. Sorry, I had to. Okay, pause. Are you sure this isn't an SNL sketch? So literally the comment of this says this has to be an SNL sketch. It just has to be. It's this not. is fake. This That's is fake. Washington County uh for for Channel 4 ABC News. <sighs> I'm sorry if you are listening to this and you in some way agree with these people Stop listening to me talk, because I'm going to talk trash on you till the end of my existence, because that is crazy. At least they are aware they have mental health problems, because they were like, if you have mental health problems, you don't want to wear a mask. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the issue. But uh, they, okay, I'm trying to follow, because that last lady, she sounded like a witch, because I can't, I, haven't, I can't see the video, so I just hear it. She literally sounded like a witch. She's so an older, she's an older grandma who I, very like, clearly is. The reason why I don't like masks is because child molesters love them. 
like, they love masks. Like, what? Like, wearing masks? So then why are you mad that kids can't have Halloween this year? Because that child molesters would tear that shit up. Yeah, that's a good point. Giving kids free candy and masks? That sounds like a child molester's wet dream. So, no Halloween, Camille agree. No? Oh, because the kid's <laughs> life is ruined if they don't get to go trick-or-treating. No, nah, they... So, we're going to have Halloween this year, but kids can't wear masks. So, they just have to just look... Just wear the Hulk, that ugly-ass, like, giant Hulk costume without the head. Which actually look better, because, like, I used to hate the kids' Halloween costumes, because, like, the little fucking mask didn't match with, like, the cloth body. Yeah. Maybe this is all conspiracy theory just to ruin Halloween. I'm just so curious. Let's just hear the last little bit of this. Oh, my gosh. Are protesting them based on a mandate given by the governor. They blocked off the uh, front entrance to the school building and we went out to ask them to move and they uh, attempted to storm the school building. The school board is implementing the governor's recent order that face shields alone are not enough. And if a parent is adamant that their child cannot wear a mask or a shield, they must. Okay, this guy has a shirt. I'm pausing. This guy has a shirt that says, I am a fresh air, or I identify as a fresh air breather. Oh, my God. They're storming the school? Why do they care so much about the school all of a sudden? What about all the defunding of your education that's been happening for years? But, oh, no, now we have to wear a mask? Our kids might have to wear a mask? Ah! Now we care about education all of a sudden. Anything but the actual education of the damn school. Preach it, yes. Like, this sounds ridiculous. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm a fresh air. I don't look if you if you far right crazy conspiracy theorist people just want to be part of a group. All these groups will accept you. You can come to the fucking cookout if that's all you fucking want, y'all. Invite these niggas to the cookout because I can't deal with this. <laughs> they are losing their minds. Do you want to go to a gay pride rally or a parade? You can come. Do you want to go to uh, I don't know women's march? You can go. You can be part of any of these cool groups if that's what you want. You don't have to create this new one. I'm a fresh air breather. What the fuck are we? Uh, apparently not like toxic you know <laughs> like you're breathing that dirty liberal air <laughs> yeah well okay i thought okay if we're talking about air quality for a second you know it's a bit smoky yeah, yeah a bit smoky right well, now they must not be from california because we definitely do not identify as fresh air breathers okay they're in washington though okay there's a lot of trees but guess what those trees are all on fire right now the oh, sky yeah. is orange it's burning like do you care about that you know what's the cause of oh, that might God. have something to do with i don't know climate change <laughs> Might want to wear a mask then. Just throwing that one out there. Yeah, you don't like wearing a mask? Guess what's going to happen in 20 to 50 years when the air becomes so toxic you can't breathe anymore? Yeah, we should have been, to be real with you, we should have been wearing masks like 50 years ago in California. We should just wear hazmat suits. Yeah. Yeah. Bump it. Honestly, (laughs) at this point. Uh, Speaking speaking of masks and and unveiling. Mm, uh, Unmasking. Unmasking. uh, this, This third voice that you hear is actually our dear friend and uh artistic creative visionary of, of hair and and makeup and, and beauty uh ash <laughs> ortiz <laughs> wow thank yeah, I you like, I give you a fucking awesome title because like you have too many hyphens <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh goodness you're an ash of all trades so to speak oh i yes. like that well okay so what uh because you can describe it better than me. What, what is what? What do you do? What What's Ash about? Well, <laughs> I uh, do hair and makeup originally, um, specifically here in LA. The last three and a half years, which I think that's about 
how long I've known you guys now, too, because I met you just a couple of months yeah. into moving here. That's I true, think it yeah. I took off, like, after you met me, because, like, I'm basically, like, I'm the equivalent of, like, the fat Buddha, where, like, you rub me, and then, like, you get rich and famous. <laughs> I mean, I won't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounded weird as I was coming out my mouth. I was like, rub me? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> But, yeah. I feel like it's like rub shoulders with, you know, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a social term. Be- become really? Because I was friends. envisioning like me rubbing your little tummy and being like. That too. And I'm like, <laughs> and then like gold coins coming on my mouth. So you're like the Pillsbury dough Buddha? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said gold coins come out of your mouth, but you moved your butt instead. <laughs> I know. Because they identify as the same Because <laughs> you talk out of your ass, that's why. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm talking shit. Oh my God, it's so spicy today. I, I love know. it. Uh, yeah, oh, she uh, started cutting my hair when I used to have a cool mohawk, and then I shaved it all off, and then like things got awkward. Got a little awkward. <laughs> Were you mad at him when he shaved? Um, he did it in such a beautiful, poetic way that I would have came off racist if I would have said anything it's, otherwise. It was all strategic. <laughs> I was like, I know she's gonna come for me, so I gotta cut it off right now when Black Lives Matter is popping off, and then I gotta put this big ass long quote on there like, I found my true beauty, and I used to be ugly on the outside. I was like, no one can fight this. I was yeah. like, oh God, yes, you are beautiful. You are right. And you actually don't look bad with a bald head, so whatever. <laughs> Can't but it be too bad. Yeah. It grew back. So yeah. it, for apparently my hair grows back like fast, but only for a certain period, and it stops, and then it's stuck like this for like three years. Uh, but yeah, so she she does all those amazing things. You even did like you're like a like six or one degree a major celebrity because I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to say this or not, but she did. The hair and makeup for someone that's really, really important right now, like in the news. Yeah, we won't say the name of that person, but there was a debate that that person was in that after Ash did the hair of that person, they did really well in the debate, and then they more or less won the Democratic National (laughs) (laughs) primary. Yeah, so without saying the name of that person. Yeah, so that's pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I actually did his makeup too. I think that was the the real selling point of it. That's why you're looking busted now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he needs you. Come on, Joe, hire me back. (laughs) Where you at? He needs an Ash beatdown. Oh my gosh, wait, that I don't. An Ash like facial. Yeah, for people for the right wing people that are listening to this, a beatdown is like. A good thing. <laughs> not, Wait, not, why, why? Right? I think you just be white people because I didn't know beat down was a good thing. Really? No, get your I, face I was, beat. Yeah, I always thought beat um, down was like get get a beaten. I don't know. Oh no. I don't, or is this like in the LGBTQ community? I think it could so. be it's because it's in black people. That is true. We, sh- we share a lot of fucking things. Well, a lot of things <laughs> from. That's taken from the LGBTQ culture actually came from the black culture, but then took off with drag queens. Because it's just hip. So sorry, Grant. Yes, beat down. We'll add that to the terms that you need to know now. Okay, beat down. Got it. So beat down is a good... It's a good thing. It's a good facial. Beat your face to the guads. Yes. So when you get like, when you're before your wedding, <laughs> we got to make sure you get a beat. We need, yeah. we need a beat face. So when you get up there, you and Lizzie can just match beat faces and Boom, kiss. Boom, beat. Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, good to know. <laughs> but yeah, so that it's it's awesome. I mean, that's how we we know each other through those different, you know, how do we meet? endeavors. Do you remember? 
I met her through uh, through Ray. Oh well, yeah, through Ray. Yeah. And then I feel like we all like Who's a, hung uh, out or something. Was there a party? Yeah, it maybe. Was a party. Do you guys it, remember parties? Yes, it was. I remember it was like we were like in the backyard of what? is it Allie? I don't remember whose house. Somebody's house. It was like two blocks from here. It was. She and, lived in that nice house with the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. I looked over and I was like, she had similar earrings as me, as me, dressed kind of similar as me. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to hit it off with this person because like we have same things. Yes, because I do not dress feminine. I have a feminine voice, but <laughs> <laughs> I am a queer Latinx. Um, Hell yeah. So, and I have a nice bright orange mohawk. Sweet fade. Just kidding. See? I haven't cut my hair in a couple weeks. <laughs> the, but the hat game is strong. So hat we wouldn't know. So we wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Your, your hair color changes like every two weeks. That's yeah. true. Every time we hang out, it's always a different color. That's how you know someone is like a hairstylist or something. Because yeah. they be, their their hair will change like every day. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Like a chameleon. You're, you're like me with like paragraphs and a like screenplay or something. That's so true. <laughs> like always it's like editing and re-editing stuff. Edit, I got to edit my hair again. That's um, true because all my writer friends, they're always like posting all this stuff that they've written. And I'm like, how did you write this much in such a short, like, period like this is pages yeah and then we look at you like yeah. well how did you change your hair color seven times in the last week <laughs> <laughs> that shit really takes like three hours at a time <laughs> yeah well um, i also what's up got screwed over by unemployment oh. well yeah you your so your trade and your craft is uh, hair hair that's makeup. been kind of yeah. a big sticking point of this whole thing yes mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on unless that? you're doing nancy pelosi's hair because then you get to still do it I, oh my gosh i have my thoughts on yeah. that <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one right. we'll put a bobby pin in that one. that one um well uh in march i had uh, a bunch of work lined up with big clientele um i felt like this year was my finally the breaking year because i had uh, gotten my hands uh, on consistently with celebrities and I was doing stuff for like Oakley, the Olympics and Disney and it was just like one thing after another and then COVID hit and like that in less than 12 hours I had a month I was in the middle of a production production shut down got phone calls and emails within the next few hours and a month and a half of work just completely gone and oh man, that sucks. Yeah, talk yeah. about a major freak out that happened, and you know, of course, with everything happening, having having to apply for unemployment, um, I fall under the 1099 and W2s. So 1099, you get a cap of 450. W2s, you get a cap of 450. 1099 and a W2, you get a cap of 65 dollars a week. And so I fell under the $65 a week. So I only got a max of $41. And What? Yeah. How does that work? Um, yeah, that, was, that just sounded like so much problematic math. And I was like, oh, I can't follow. But Yeah, I know. It's a whole lot. And this is having to figure it out while having no funds coming in. And then wondering, like, wait, I'm only getting how much money a week? How am I supposed to live in California? And then... Uh, that's when the $600 came into play. Mm, and how yeah. it took longer for it to come is because people like us were not under the first relief plan that they had 
pushed. So it would have had like millions of freelancers not covered and being able to apply for unemployment and having zero incomes coming in. Wow. Oh my God. That yeah, so. is a mess. I like, yeah. I mean, I'm doing freelance now, but like I was coming from uh, like a consistent uh, regular like employment. So then like, I guess maybe I'm like hit a sweet spot. I don't know. Um, let me not say too much before they take my shit away. Right. <laughs> well, no, I, was, I mean, I was like the opposite, where I was like full freelance. And so I guess I fall under the first category of that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, so you're like full W2, I would be full 1099. So we both got the like right amount when everything got screwed up. Mm-hmm. And, but I guess when you're in the middle, they just it's say, just, fuck you. This is much. all just, it's like, damn, why are people out there like waving flags and acting like they were so in love with America? I'm like, hold on. If you take away all the police killings and you take away, uh, I don't know, just all the current problems that have happened just this year, like, even the, the money and how the government treats us with unemployment and, and minimum wages and all that, that sucks. So, like, I, it's not even that I'm not excited about America, but just based off of what's happening this, this couple, last couple of months, I'm not, I haven't been excited about it with, for a lot of reasons. Like, a lot of, like, the fact that stuff like this happens is because shit wasn't set up properly. Yeah. Like, we weren't prepared. Like, it's not even just being prepared, like, wearing a mask and for this disease and all that. We weren't even prepared structurally and financially and economically for everyone. Like, it, how do we get $1,200 and it's been, like, six months? Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. what? what? I live in Los Angeles, California. $1,200 doesn't even pay my rent for one month, let alone six months. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to stretch crazy. that shit for six months? That seems crazy to me. It I mean, is wh- insane. And... I'm lucky because I learned a trade before I became a cosmetologist. So I actually started dog grooming before. Um, That's what you're so there. good with my hair because you know, I'm, I'm a bitch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. It, it, <laughs> it works. A <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So wait. So you were a dog groomer before, became a cosmetologist, and now, and then when this happened, you now have to do dog grooming again. Is that kind of the deal? Yeah, because. Um, one, I'm a workaholic, but two, the $600 ended and there's that gap period where mm. they couldn't figure out, well, are we going to give them the 600 or are we going to lower it to a different amount? We're still in that. And yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> and yeah. unfortunately, I, yes, I saved my funds. I didn't spend them, but my funds are only going to last so long in California that yeah. I have to be realistic to the situation. So you got to plan ahead. Yeah. I jumped back into dog grooming and working at an academy right now. Fingers crossed for my own in uh, North Hollywood soon. Yeah, yeah so. that's awesome. Yeah. So, that is like, uh, it's just crazy because like based off just all the identities you shared with us just right now on this podcast, <laughs> like can't nobody, everybody need to shut the fuck up when they talking about they stressed out. Like, because <laughs> like, not the four, like four or five identities she just like, share with being a freelance business owner and all her like I have like uh personal identities, then it's like everything is an issue. <laughs> like everybody's <laughs> like you have a lot of stuff to be pissed off about. Uh and like mistreatment of anything. So Well how did how did like cos- cosmetology and like hair salons become this big like sticking point of this whole thing? I feel like that it's been in the news so much. I mean and maybe you don't know, but like why is that the thing that is like the one that we aren't sure when to open and when not to open when like 
That's interesting that you actually say that because, well, first, I just want to say that, yes, I've had a lot of hard times in this time period, but um, from stories I've heard from my friends, they've actually had it, like, worse. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, learning trades is a very good thing in life if you're struggling and it's not too late to ever learn a trade. So, um, you know. Learn a trade. Yeah, definitely learn a trade. Solid advice. Yeah. No, I can say the same thing because, like, I came from like the restaurant industry, and like, I was like, oh, talking and complaining and stressing out. But like, I was literally working from home for a while while still being a manager at a restaurant. And then when I when we came back and opened back up, I still had my job. So I was there was a lot of people that completely lost their job and like were you know had to figure out how to get a new one when nothing was open. Yeah, my main job prior to the. COVID happening was I was like supposed to find speakers for a conference that was supposed to happen in June. Yeah. <laughs> well, the events industry happening. got a little bit fucked up. Yeah, unless Just it was a like a, a Trump rally or whatever or press briefing, you weren't, there was no meetings. Happening. Well, speaking yeah. of Trump's people, that's kind of why the salon started to become a thing because all of a sudden all these people started freaking out about not being able to get their hair done and they need to get their hair colored and why haven't they opened up yet and it just escalated from there on and then there were some business owners in texas that something was happening with the unemployment and they said hey my you know my employees they have children like they need an income and you guys are not providing any stability to them so yeah. I'm going against the rules and I'm opening up my salon because my employees need to feed their children. And so it was just kind of one thing after another in each state of something happening with salons versus um, it also became a big deal because they opened up malls at one point. Yeah, because my restaurant was in a mall. So like it was like it was open and they, and they started rolling stuff back and it was a hot mess. And it's just crazy that you're gonna open up a a mall and say this is more sanitary versus a cosmetologist that has put in x amount of hours averaging from 1200 to 1600 hours even up to 1800 hours of learning about sanitation and how to keep your clients properly safe versus a mall where jane and joe's are just walking around sneezing and coughing and not wanting to wear a mask fair enough yeah, that's like when I went to the dentist, uh, someone was like, oh my gosh, you're going to the dentist? I was like, calm down. Do you do realize the dentist had sanitary like precautions before COVID-19? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a hospital. Their whole job is sticking it, fingers in people's mouths. Yeah, like, and I was like, just cause it's like a dentist's office, but it's the same as going to like a doctor's office. Does some doctors have a doctor's offices and facilities within a hospital? Sometimes they cannot, but they're all sanitary. You're not, they putting their hands in my mouth. Come on now. They not. They already were wearing a face shield like before this happened. It's so. tough though to have. I feel like to have that like argument, which you're talking about, which is like, yeah, that's pretty common sense. Um, maybe we should re like look at that rule that that you know is in place without sounding like one of those people who is like, I need my hair done now. Like like I yeah. don't know, like, like there's a weird balance between it's like yeah, like it makes sense to open. Well, it's because those people aren't worried about your safety. They just want to get their hair done versus. Yeah. Somebody that's like, hey, there's safety within this as long as you follow these rules. 
I'm going to listen to someone that's talking about safety versus a Karen that has six months grow out, only been in quarantine for two months, complaining that she just needs to get her hair colored. But girl, we already know that your hair need to be colored six months ago. Yes. <laughs> you're you looking a damn mess. You don't need a protest. We can see you. You looking messy. But then they put their kids on TV and they make them say, you know, the flu has killed more than the coronavirus. The flu just killed so they more can... people than the coronavirus. Go sit down. Go watch Sesame Street. Like, leave that kid alone. That's why, see, you know it wasn't a black kid because he was more with a his ass. Stay out of grown folks' business. Fuck wrong with you. <laughs> My mom would have been like, if you don't sit your ass down talking that shit, what the fuck you know about the flu? You ain't know nothing about no damn flu. You can't even spell flu. <laughs> like, come on now. That's why these kids have no home training. I do think that part of the reason why parents want kids to reopen is because they're tired, or schools to reopen is because they're tired of living with their kids all the time. 24-7. Well, you shouldn't have had the little motherfuckers in Let's be or honest. their education. I I would enjoy. It. <laughs> well, yeah. They're having to be like partial teachers. That is. I tough. would be like, oh, listen, you gotta go to school. <laughs> I I didn't go to school to learn how to teach you. That's what your teacher's for. Just kidding. Actually, <laughs> we're gonna wipe that one. <laughs> and that's a whole can of worms. I'm not willing to go down. It it's so true though. It, it yeah. It's tough. It's really tough for everyone. To a to a big degree. You know, this whole thing is tough for everyone. I mean, but some people are acting like it's more tough for them, which I think is, uh, like, kind of insensitive. If we just, I don't know, saw, if we just pay people, it would be, you know, everybody wouldn't have to go back. Yeah. It's like, everybody's like, we're not really, like, there might be those people, like, in the South or something, like, I'm a hard-blooded American who loves to go to work every day and sweat and be tired. You could have that. But I mean, I don't actually care about going to the job. I just need to make sure I can eat. So if you can you can easily solve that problem by just sent him sending me some money. But and see when the, <laughs> not not to cut you off, but when the government is more or less controlled by like the top like one percent of business owners and people with a shit ton of money who just want to make more money off of all of us, it's really hard for them to be like, oh yeah, let's pay all my employees not to work. The only reason they care about us in the first place is because we're working for them and making them billions of dollars. <sighs> I'm mad. <laughs> Let's go protest. <laughs> We're normalizing note. working during a pandemic. Normalizing working during a pandemic. Instead of trying to like solve or alleviate or curtail the pandemic, we're like, we're going to be like, oh no, we just want to just thrive in it. Let's just live in shit. Yeah. We've, we've actually just like, instead of solving this problem, Americans, we just learned to live with it. We just like we learned to live happen. with gun violence and mass shootings and, and racism, neo Nazis and KKK and all that stuff. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Nazis, KKK, mass shootings, police violence. Are those synonyms? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, they go hand in hand. What's the correlation? Angry white men. I can yeah. say that. I'm an angry white man. The only difference is I don't fall into any of those categories. Yeah, because I'm going to check your ass. Well, yeah, I'm like, a, I'm like a happy person, but all of these other things are pissing me off. Mostly what Mike said. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's just people have way too much freedom with their pro with their like anger and their problems and their like power. Like, there's a lot of people that need to put in the check and put in the, put into check. Whether it's our government, whether it's police uh, unions and shit like that, CEOs and stuff like that. Like, there's 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 this Marie Antoinette shit starting to go down. And I'm like, y'all need to chill out because we know what's gonna be the next move. <laughs> Ask yeah. Marie. It ain't cute. 
Like, you better, like, figure your shit out before all these crazy people, like, that don't want to wear masks realize that the problem is actually, like, uh, wealth and, 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 like, power structures, not... Well, that's uh, why people in power are focusing so much on race right now. I mean, yes, like, there is a Black Lives Matter movement that spurred up from George Floyd dying, um, and that was a very important awakening that needed to happen. Oh, that lady but, that compared him, you just brought me back to that lady, was like, George Floyd, had they had his knee on his neck, and he said he couldn't breathe. I have a mask on, and I say I can't breathe, but they don't care or something. Yeah, Only a white person. I'm sorry. Only a white person would say that. Yeah, I had to could, say it. Yeah, like, I was like, that is yeah. not the same thing. The, the levels of audacity, honestly. It yeah. was like when she would... When I first heard the name come out of her mouth, I already had my like palm on my head, just like, <laughs> this is just gonna not end well. Like, just don't talk, please. Yeah. Oh, she said it. Yep, there it is. People, and our problem's right there in the little two sentences she just said. These people are so stupid. Pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. stop normalizing stupid people. We need to, like, we need to shame them so that they wanna go back into their little hole. Okay, but the tangent that I was on prior to all of this, just to clarify, is the reason that so many of the people in power right now, particularly the current administration, is focusing on the race thing so much is because they don't want people to realize that it's the money issue that is, that's, that, that's really going on, that people are out of work, that they're you know, not getting paid for this time period that they're in, or they're not getting, like, they don't, we don't have safety. We don't have, like, um, basically anywhere to any like safety nets for any of this. So we're all going crazy in our houses, running out of money and they don't want us to think about that and how Congress isn't doing shit about that. So they're like, Oh yeah, law and order in the streets. That's the problem. Yeah. They're like on the fact that they went on like a recess or a vacation or whatever. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, bitch, I don't want to be mean, but like what vacation you need to be working right now. If the, if the country is in crisis, I think the one job title that has to work overtime should be the government. Yep. I don't feel bad for you. You don't need no two or three weeks. The hell are you doing anyway? Going around getting your hair cut and shit. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Nancy. I'm talking to all y'all. The whole everybody. <laughs> right, left, blue, green, purple, all y'all. Get your ass in that room. Pretend that you're making some laws for another fucking 10 years that ain't gonna do shit. And then we won't be as mad at you. But until then, go like, I don't feel bad for you. Cause you ain't you wasn't doing shit when you was in there. Let alone now you got to take a break and shit. Meanwhile, we hungry and shit. You talking about we don't know if we are gonna give y'all six hundred dollars? The fuck I'm gonna do with six hundred dollars? You better be you better be in that room deciding whether you can give us fifty million. <laughs> but I have to say, just with within everything that you said, yes, I think that is why everybody's angry. But I also think that all the underlying racism that has always been here. And, like, people wanted to do stuff about it, yeah. but are in financial crisis where they have to go to work. They have to do this. They have to. Well, now we can't do any of that. So now it's time to face the problem that's been here the whole time. Yes. And now you absolutely. got a bunch of angry people on top of that. Now we have this problem. Now you got angry people out of work that are still pissed off about this. And now we're all going to fight. Yeah. To the death. All the people oh my god. <laughs> to the death. I mean, that's not hyperbolic though, because that's literally been happening. Mm-hmm. Like people have been getting shot. I feel like this both, is both how, sides now. This is how the Hunger Games started. I just I'm just seeing like twenty years from now there's about to be districts and we're about to go fucking be like tributes. It's gonna happen. Oh my god. I hope I'm like 
old enough or like I like I'm good thing we're like all in the entertainment business because then we could be like the flashy ass fucking colorful people like welcome <laughs> to the hunger guys like we will all God. be changing our hair every yeah. week like Ash. <laughs> Ash's hair is already like looks like fire and it's like there. orange and neon and stuff yeah. so we're already set and I, I can easily rock a mohawk so like thank god we don't have to be in the battles but yeah that shit gonna happen this country's about to turn into like a gladiator futuristic ready player one we got we got like so off topic because we were gonna ask ash like where you're from and you know where you were before la yeah where where are you from oh (laughs) sorry we're talking about races and i just assumed we were talking about my home also (laughs) tell us more uh i'm uh originally from charlotte north carolina um, okay which is part of the south um for some reason because it has north in the name people assume like oh no it's like you know new york and i'm like well it's like west virginia is for damn sure not west coast (laughs) or not any west anything but that's yeah yeah. it's west of virginia yeah that's it i don't know don't (laughs) i just showed how much of a geography which one is the better carolina Oh, is that gonna start some beef? That's all right. Yeah, oh, okay. we're not going down that path. Where is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. Oh, she made a, she made a face. I have friends who live in Myrtle Beach. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel like I, there's things I like about South Carolina, and there's things I like about North Carolina, like as far as like sports teams or like ge- what geography. What sports teams does South Carolina have? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Exactly. I don't really, I only like the color, the blue, the baby, the baby blue from North Carolina. So that's why. Oh. Sounds like you know which North Carolina you like better than. Uh, which North Carolina which, you like which better? Carolina? Uh-huh. Yeah. Who, where do they get the name? Do you know the history of South Do you know the history of the Carolinas? I should. And I do. We just gonna make it up. I feel like it was like somebody's like long lost love. Her name was Carolina and they were like, I like two brothers liked her and one would live in the north and one lived in the south. Ooh. And each of them fought over her love and then they had she had to decide who she's gonna go move with. And they could be like, North Carolina and then the other guy was like, South Carolina and then she chose neither one of them. He gave them a partial New Orleans accent. <laughs> I don't know how to do the accent, but you, you, definitely, you definitely have one sometimes. Yeah, it comes out more when I've been drinking. I've learned to kind of mute it because for some reason when people hear your southern accent come out, they associate it with like, oh, you're redneck. Oh, you're ignorant, uneducated. That's crazy. Yeah, how do you feel about people. that? Because I feel like that's kind of offensive. Oh, it's extremely offensive. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, it just goes in the category: gay, yeah. Hispanic, a woman. They just be assuming all kinds of shit about you. Yeah, they be wrong on every front. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like one thing after another. You just kind of learn to just swipe it off and keep going. But in Charlotte, there was a Queen Charlotte, and it goes back to kings and queens. Oh, okay, that's so, why it dates back really far. Far, far, mm. far back. Back mm. when you know black people were living it up. <laughs> was North Carolina? In the Civil War. Well, of course it was in the Civil War. Was it on the South or the North? I think it was part of the South, right? I don't uh, know. We are not history buffs. Is this but let's bad, just, how bad about category we, to go down? How about we just to stick down? to what was your personal experience like? Yeah. Please tell us, <laughs> please tell us how, how it was growing up for you. What was your personal experience? No, I, I think uh, North Carolina was in the Civil War. And they were part of the Confederates. 
That makes sense. Yeah, that's why it's so annoying seeing the Confederate flag. And that's when the 12 states try to go off into the Confederate states and they try to make their own, uh, like, country from America. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the next war started. But what's really annoying is the Confederate flag is actually from a previous war from, like, Tennessee or something like that. And it wasn't even supposed to be, like, it's just a flag. It's not actually meaning for the is South it everywhere? or anything like that. The Confederate flag? Yeah. yeah. Back home? It's back home, yeah. It's, like, bumper stickers, be... like, guys hanging on, you know, their rooms of their walls. The girls do, too. It's just... They should just hang a white bed sheet up there because that's the actual flag that they were waving at the end of the war. Ding, ding, mm. ding, ding. Um, I used to get so mad at people in Bakersfield when they had a Confederate flag because I was like, we are in California. Yeah, no one in California should have it. What are you period. doing? There was we weren't a thing. <laughs> also, <laughs> that's so like, hang up a Native American like flag or something or put a totem pole in your room. You want to do some like California heritage. Like We had nothing to do with that. I, I like so, some people get mad at like people hanging the, the like me- flag of Mexico up in California because they're like you're in America don't do that but it's like wasn't California part of Mexico at some yes, point? Yes, it like, was. They just took the land. Also, yeah. that's okay. The country that's a country that is still functioning. <laughs> like it's like it's not like it's like outlandish to put up a flag of your native country, especially if you still have family there and you still go back and forth between there. Yeah, no one and gets it, mad at IKEA for hanging a Swedish flag outside. Yeah, what the fuck? Also, uh, this just this is one thing that actually bothers me because say, people say you're in America. Show me on a globe a map anywhere your fucking iPhone where Mexico is. Because last time I checked, Mexico is in North America, right? Yeah. So there isn't it still American? Yeah. By that definition. It's it's funny because I feel like the United States feels like they're the only America that exists. Like when they say else. America, they forget that there's two continents named that. Yeah. <laughs> Central America? Yeah. And, and so there's, 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 yeah, we're all in America. Say United, I guess it doesn't sound as cool. We are United States. It's scenes or something. I don't know. Well, okay. This is a tangent, but when I play World of Warcraft, I play on an East Coast server. Oh, so I play with a lot of Southern people in Southern states, but I also play I with a lot it. of people so in South America. Well, <laughs> just because they're from the South doesn't mean they're <laughs> Confederates, dude. <laughs> but... Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> I just missed something. <laughs> I was kidding. So I was bad. kidding. I was saying. Did I, you just I, say I... everybody from the South is a Confederate? Ooh, did I, I say that? Switching. I did not say that. That's what Grant just said. He said he was. I was breaking bread with racist. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, and this is only coming because one time he had a conversation that was very problematic, and now it makes sense why he had a conversation that was very problematic on one of the This was a guy who lived in Georgia and North Carolina. Okay. So he goes back and forth, who apparently used to be a police officer, left the force because it didn't pay enough. Um, And he, like, I, I can't remember if it's the town that he lives in now or the town that he used to live in. Um, but there's a town where, like, just, like, right outside of the town, they still have the, the ropes and the trees from, obviously, the KKK and all of that stuff. Like, is it the ropes from, from like, decades ago? I don't know if it's the Take same ropes, the... but it's they leave ropes in the trees to warn people yeah. where they're at. Oh, my God. Um, and he was telling me about some, like, stuff that went down with him and, like, cops that he knows. And apparently he's still in the reserves, so there's been some times when you get called in when you're in the reserve... You have to go break up a, you know, protest or something, and they go in and they beat people up. 
and he told me straight up about it. And I, you know, we had a really intense talk about it. And I said my point of view. He said his point of view. A bunch of other people chimed in. It was, it was really interesting. He I was just, okay with just going in and beating people up? Well, I mean, he's an interesting person because he had an experience where his, his whole thing is he thinks that the police right now, the issue is training, right? Because one time he was driving, he has a license to carry, and there was a cop who pulled him over, and he's not a white man, by the way. Um, he was pulled over, and a cop, you know, he was talking to him. He's, the cop said, like, sir, like, do you have a... I don't even think the cop brought it up. I think he brought it up to the cop. He's like, just letting you know, like, I have a license to carry. I have it on me. And him saying that, the cop, like, got agitated or, or you know, again, basically, like, threw yeah. his training out the window and pu- pu- tried to put his arm on him and pull him out of the car, like, because he has a gun on him. And, all, and it, like, almost went to blows. And he was talking about how intense of the situation it was. And I just told him, because he's not a black man either. I told, I, like, my point of view is, like, he's like, yeah, that was a training issue. Like, like there's a lot of cops, like, that are, like, from the county that I'm, the county over from the county I'm in who don't have the proper training. Because apparently police, you don't necessarily have to go to that many, you don't have to complete that many hours of training. You were telling me this the other day. Yeah, because I know in North Carolina, the average uh, hours that the police have to do is 547 for school. 547 hours. Now, for cosmetology, like I said before, our minimum training is from 1,200 to 1,600 to even 1,800. Like, I have over 1,800 hours because when I came over to California, I had to do more hours over here to get my license to um, transfer. But that being said, even when I was in um, cosmetology in North Carolina, why am I doing more hours and continuing education to just touch your hair on your head versus somebody that's dealing with life and death situations. Why are we not holding them to a higher standard? Why are they not going through more hours it of only, training? It only takes a couple months to teach people to hate black people and kill them. I, it seems like it, it takes, takes less six than months that. to teach them that. So I'm not saying that that's that. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what they all learn that they all retain that because I have people in my family that are in law enforcement. So I don't. I don't think all cops are bad, and I don't think all cops should be hurt or anything like that. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. That's radical. I. But I do think there's a huge problem with the whole, the the institution as far as like, what they what they think is expected of them from from being a police officer. Like, we as a citizens don't expect this of them, but when they join these, these organizations, these groups, it's like this unwritten rule. Same thing as, like, if you are a prison guard or a politician or something like that. Like, you, they, they, people, like, uh, inherit these crazy-ass traditions. They're like, I know this is probably not completely right, but, I mean, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, okay, we need to stop that just the way it is shit because if we keep doing that, you're going to be stuck in these in the 60s or stuck in the 1800s or stuck in these fucking you gotta move forward you have to do things that might be radical or might seem a little Bernie Sanders-esque but it's okay it's just that's just change because the world is changing like imagine if if uh technology uh like these big tech companies treated technology that way like okay so we totally figured out how to make a smartphone but like we're not gonna give it to you guys because We'll just keep it just the way it is. So, like, they, we have this technology, but they refuse to let us use it. We still got to use the fucking rotary phone. But we, but they, yeah. they, they, they have smartphones. We just can't use it. So I, get his, so, I get his point about training being the issue. And I also, he brought In up that he doesn't think issue. that police mm. get paid enough. And there's a lot of people who, you know, like, 
are saying defund the police right now. And like the, that's a very stressful job. I can see making the argument to paying them higher salaries because I think everyone should be getting paid more, honestly. Everyone. But the, but the money that needs to be defunded from the police is all of this military-grade tech that they're using against people to, to basically kill them if they have to. Um, but my point to him was, dude, that happened to you and you walked away with your life and you are not a black man. So, like, that that was my point to him. It's like, I don't think anyone should be killed by police, point blank, period. I mean, people in my family, I worry because there are some people in my family that have retired from law enforcement, so they still technically have their guns or, you know, their license to carry weapons. And I'm just like, damn, what if someone doesn't believe them? What if they don't have enough time to explain to someone? It happened to him. It happened to this cop. This, he wasn't a cop at the time, but it happened but to I, him. Yeah, but I, I mean, you, the big point, you said he wasn't black. I'm saying I'm yeah. talking about from, from my family. Like, they won't get to get to the part where they grab them and pull them out of the car. They're exactly. going to be like, oh, you're not a cop, and then shoot him and kill him. And then they find out afterwards, like, oh, oops, they used to be a cop. My bad. And you look really foolish because you profiled someone just because of the color of their skin. Yeah. But he's someone who actually aligns with you. I feel like this stuff is going to blow out of proportion until it gets to that point. Unfortunately, I don't I don't want that to happen. But I feel like it's going to be someone's going to get profiled or hurt that is a politician or a cop or something. And that is black. It wasn't because right now they somehow they keep pulling these like these. They keep focusing on these incidents of these people to have small misdemeanors and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, he like jaywalked one time. And so they like, try to pull that shit up. But what but what happens when you don't have that argument? What is going to be your argument? Because I like I just, Till this day, I don't understand, you know, like with Tamir Rice, I always go back to that one because I'm like, he was 12 years old. So I just never get that, what what went down. Um, but people try to justify, well, he was playing with a toy gun. But I'm like, kid, obviously everybody's playing with toy guns because they're sold in the stores everywhere. Like, what the fuck? Like, you play with a squirt gun? It's dangerous? Like, yeah. we used to have airsoft gun fights in Bakersfield. Like, we, mm-hmm. like, and we would take off the orange cap. Mm-hmm. I was a fool, but we I did didn't know because I was a little kid. And so I'm like running around, and we're like, oh yeah, like doing this. I'm like, shit. Like, you mean to tell me when I was 12 years old, if, I, if a cop was driving by and I was playing airsoft with my friends, pretending to shoot like a gun at them, like, ooh, it could have been, I had a whole different outcome. So it just blows my mind. The, I, don't, I think it's beyond just training. I think it's, it's just America has a racist problem that well, we need to fix. I mean, listen to how he just said that they have nooses hanging from trees still. Whether they're old or new, they're still there and they're yep. still just being hung and the police and nobody's taking them down, which mm-hmm. makes you wonder, hmm, has the KKK infiltrated the police many years ago? Well, it's funny that you bring that up, Ash, because when we were talking about possibly having you on the show, we were like, what should we talk about? And we we're like, I don't know, video games, maybe like hair the KKK and neo-Nazis in the United States. <laughs> That's how all our conversations go. Like, what should we talk about? Rainbows, butterflies, I don't know, the prison industrial complex? <laughs> like, we just, we just jump, we like, jump so far. Cute shit to like, let's get real. Uh, so we actually brought this up. So there's two, there's two kind of main subjects there. There's, um, you know, the topic in general and how it affects, how, like, why, first of all, what's up with the KKK and neo-Nazis in the United States? I thought we fought Nazis in World War II. What the hell's going on with that? And why are um, neo-Nazis? Um, but in order to introduce that topic, I had never seen this movie. Ash, you brought up watching this movie, uh, American History X. Ugh. Why? So you, so I, so I said I've never seen it. I have seen clips of it, though, when see, I was a I kid. See, I hate that. Like, you white kids always see clips of these problematic-ass movies. Did you have, have you the ever same seen experience? Roots in its entirety? I'm going to put one? you on the spot, Roots. 
Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. Like, did you see clips of that? When you just let's just show you the part where you make tell him his name. I'll is tell Kinte. you what though. The first time I saw anything from that movie, it was from Chappelle Show, when I was a freshman in high school. Same time that people were showing me clips of American History X. And this people is why Dave Chappelle quit the show and went to Africa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for that me statement a, right there. Yeah, but okay, um. The reason why I had a problem with American History X is because it's. I think it's a great movie for what it's for the message it's trying to, to put out. But people, a lot of people didn't catch that message. I just remember being in school and everyone being like, "Oh my God, let me let's talk about the part where he curb stomps the black guy." And that's the only yeah. thing they focus on. And I was like, "Why are we just focusing on these parts?" Because I would, you know, like not giving a spoiler away. I would always tell them what happens at the end. I'm like, "Oh, is it cool that a dude got curb stomped? Because guess what happened to so and so? Like he got his." And they were like, "Ooh, like, but." It's the, I think what the biggest bit stress for me with watching that movie was, especially when we rewatched it, was that everything that he was saying sounded like it was shit that people are saying on Facebook right now. Oh, it's crazy. And um, yeah. Do, yeah. I mean, you have a clip, right? Yeah, we have a clip. Um, so this is, so this is a clip from American History X. The director is Tony Kay, um, and the writer is, uh, David McKenna, right? And so this is Edward Norton, um, and he's a white supremacist. Um, like neo-Nazi. intense not white supremacist neo-Nazi like shaved yeah, head like swastika on his peck huge ass swastika tattoo it's a nice peck though because you um, know Edward Norton got it together for this movie and he's having dinner with uh, his kid brother played by Edward Furlong um, and his mom Beverly G'Angelo um, and uh, her y'all mom y'all remember is- them right Edward Furlong was a little the little crackhead boy on Terminator 2. <laughs> He's not a crackhead. <laughs> he seemed like a bad kid in that movie. I'm not okay. talking about Edward Furlong. I'm talking about... I mean, no, no, no. I'm talking about the kid in Terminator 2. But That's then Beverly so D'Angelo was uh, the Griswold lady. Yeah. But she has... So she... Um, the mom... Uh, yeah, so she's from National Lampoon's Family Vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, vacation, just giving that. you some back, um, background. So she has her um, new boyfriend over, and he's a Jewish professor. Or it's well, Elliot He's a Gould. high school teacher, yeah. So you know Elliot Gould from other movies. He's yeah, the, yeah. Um, be Jewish. <laughs> and so they're just talking about like I believe like the, this is like in the 90s so it's like the Rodney King riots had just happened and and they're talk they're talking about it at the dinner team uh, yes. dinner table. We're going to play it. It's a little intense obviously says a lot of racist stuff. But think listen to this clip and then also think about the things that you might be saying on Facebook or the things you've seen on Facebook. Yep. The irony is that most of the stores that were destroyed during the riots were owned by black people. That's stupid though. I mean, why trash your own neighborhood? Well, that's my point. It's an irrational act. It's like an expression of rage by people who feel neglected and turned away by the system. Exactly. I mean, it's like we had in Watts or the riots in Chicago in 68. That's crap. I don't buy that for a minute. Calling a riot an irrational expression of rage, that's such a cop-out. It's opportunism at its worst. It's a bunch of people grabbing any excuse they can find to go and loot a store. Nothing more. You know, the fact that these people ripped off the stores in their own communities, all that reflects is the degree to which these people have absolutely no respect for the law at all and certainly no concept of, like, community or, or civic responsibility. Wait a minute. White people commit crimes against white people, too. Yeah, but they're not offing each other in record numbers all over America. Look at the statistics, for Christ's sakes. It's one in every three black males is in some phase of the correctional system. Is that a coincidence, or do these people have, you know, like a racial commitment to crime? Not only that, they're proud of it. Well, maybe it says something about prejudice in the judicial system. Yeah, if you want to talk about criminal statistics, you might want to take a look at the social inequalities that produce them. Yap, yap. You know what? That's exactly what I hate. Because what you're doing, Davina, is taking one thing and calling it something else and just, you know, alleviating the responsibility that these people have for their own actions. 
You know, it's like saying, it's not a riot, it's rage. It's not crime, it's poverty. It's, it's just nonsense. It's bullshit. You know, it's exactly what happened in this trial, too, because the media twisted things around, so people got all focused on, you know, these cops and whether or not they were going to get convicted and whether Rodney King's civil rights had been violated. I mean, everybody lost sight of old Rodney King himself. I mean, the guy's a multiple felon. By his own admission, he's high as a goddamn kite, driving 120 miles an hour down the highway. He gets pulled over by a bunch of cops, and, and, and he attacks them. He attacked police officers. That's the bottom line. And he walked. Yeah, and there's some Yahoo there with a video camera who turned it on halfway through. So that all we see is them hitting him. Exactly. You know, you got your pal and coon winding up and cracking him with billy clubs and Bersenio kicking him in the back of the skull. So it looks severe, you know? And people are going, oh, this poor guy. This poor guy who attacked four cops. And those cops end up on the stand defending themselves for using absolutely standard textbook self-defense procedures. I don't think that the tape showed that at all. Oh, you didn't think so, huh? And what, you're an authority, Ma? <laughs> Murray, what do you think? Well, I, I did think that the police used their clubs rather excessively. Who are you to say what's excessive? I think it was totally appropriate. I think they're in a better position to make that judgment call than you are. In fact, we as society grant cops a certain amount of authority to make those calls because we acknowledge that, that their job is difficult and dangerous. You know, unfortunately, very few people like respect that and respect that authority. Look who's talking about respect here, Mr. Junior KKK. Oh, what? What? No, I want to go to college, Darina. You should learn to listen. Derek. Okay? I didn't say I respect Derek. the laws. I acknowledge a cop's authority. I don't respect any laws that let monkeys like Rodney King back on the street. Second of all, I am not, as you well know, a member of a low-rent, disorganized bunch of rednecks like the fucking KKK. Please. <laughs> so take your head out of your ass. I mean, you've gotten off the point. I had a point. I, that wasn't even the point. I, Do you have one? What is your point, Derek? All right, think about this. Think about this. If Danny had been walking across the street that night and Rodney King had plowed into Can him... Can we just drop this Rodney King thing? And it goes on from there where, you know, he just keeps, he basically just spirals and spirals out of control until eventually he's like making his sister like eat meat because she's a vegetarian and like calling his mom's boyfriend a bunch of slurs and telling him to get the fuck out of the house yeah. and all that. He like chokes his sister with like meat in her mouth. Yeah. Like, it's basically because he, she just gets called out because he, he's saying all these things, but he's, he's saying these things as he is the, the neo-Nazi with the swastika on his peck. Which means he's part of a gang, an organized gang. Yep. But he's he doesn't identify it as that. And even in the movie, he him and all his friends go and rob and loot and beat up a drugs drugstore or like a convenience store just because it's owned by Korean people. Yeah. So and that there's like Latino people who work there. It was not because uh they because a, a black man was beaten by the cops and they're and they're enraged or anything. It wasn't because of a protest. They literally just did it just for fun. But his is okay when they do it just for fun. But it let us let a society do it in revolt, and they're animals. So it's just it's so weird because it's like it's it's if anyone else does these crazy things or commits crime, then it's a problem. But if you know if the, him, the white person doesn't it does it, then it's like no, it's different. But didn't that sound like shit that like people are saying right now? Yeah, absolutely. Didn't we just the, the first thing we just played before this, when this episode started was a protest? Yep. Oh, so, or was, like, look at all the top comments. Like, people are recognizing it. Like, like two months ago, this aged well. Um, or like, like, wow, this uh, this is literally happening again right now. Or someone says, change Rodney King for George Floyd, and Derek is absolutely spot on describing 2020. But then you have someone else who comes in and they say, I hate how this movie makes his speeches seem like racist propaganda. When in reality, he makes his points very clear. Cut. And where is he wrong whatsoever? Question mark. 
He spoke nothing but facts throughout the movie. Yeah. It's so there's people fair. who are still coming to his defense, even though it's like clear that like he's like this is wrong. What he's saying is wrong right now. But then this person's like, where did he go wrong? And uh, the fact that there's valid points to show where he went wrong in everything that he's saying, yet the people just choose to ignore that. They literally only hear one side. They only hear him speaking. And they don't hear the other side that's like, hey, this is why it's wrong. Hey, look at our system. Hey, look at X, Y, and Z. But no, they refuse so to listen to it. Yeah. Where did he go wrong? Probably in the part when he pushes his brother against a wall, pushes his mom down and pushes her against the wall and against the window, and then tries to shove uh, meat down his sister's throat and choke her to death. I think he went wrong at a lot of parts. <laughs> like, <laughs> the movie tried its best to show you that he was in the wrong, and yet you still got somebody on YouTube or whatever being like, well, I see where he's coming from. They, some of these comments are unreal, okay? So somebody says, nothing he says is wrong. Janny Hot Pockets. Someone else says, I mean, why are we Asians the highest earning minority group in America today and we're faced injustices in the past as well as compared to blacks? This is something wrong. Then someone else says, this is LeJohn Brames. The way propaganda works is to make the audience root against the character who is speaking absolute truth. Like, like what the heck? I don't know. My thing is, okay, if that's the issue, then, then fix it. Tell me what's tell me what's the way to fix it. If you think that he said nothing wrong, what's the solution? Because if you tell me it's like the eradication or elimination of a group of people, uh, uh-uh, bitch, that well, ain't it. I mean that like that, that's what's crazy about this. So like there there are still people who identify as neo Nazis in the United States. Like there is a which should be extremely illegal. Well, there's an American Nazi party. It's like it, a registered political party. Uh, since the 1960s like what the hell i get but but we worried about the black panthers yeah okay shut them down all right okay it's the fact that the kkk is able to still proudly walk around the neo-nazis are proudly allowed to walk around yet nothing they're not a terrorist group there's nothing wrong but the black panthers of course they were yeah but why tell me exactly why because oh. they threaten violence against white people. That's why. Well, they just they went, they went against American laws. Cause, but we have to they look at the, what those laws were. It's like it's so nuts. It's like but the if KKK a is pa- doing the same exact thing, going against the American laws of like the ones that are being equal for the people, and they don't want equality for the people, so they're against it. Yeah, but they. <laughs> yeah, like he gets arrested. Mad. Like he gets arrested for killing two people. Uh, well, that's when he has his whole turning point because he gets arrested for two people for killing two people, which is you know, hmm, did anyone get arrested for killing two people recently? Uh, because they were you know, um, but anyway, l- let's leave Kyle Rittenhouse alone. But he get he's basically sitting across from this table working like in the prison with a black guy who's in the same place as him, standing in the same room as him, but he got arrested for stealing a TV and... He has double the amount of prison time. Yeah, double the amount of prison time. He stole a TV and ran outside and, like, it was next to a donut shop, so the cops caught him right away. So he goes to prison for longer than a, than a neo-Nazi goes for killing two people in the front of his doorstep. Yeah, that, that actor... That, so that character's name is Lamont, and he's played by Guy Tori. Yeah. Um, Who's a comedian, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah, he was funny. Having in the, a he's kind of funny moment, in the movie yeah. too. But um, it's it's just so f- frustrating because that's real. That's the reality. We know it's the reality. Like the, you can't say that more black people are commit crime and are bad because oh look they're all in jail. Well, if you're only arresting them, they're yes they're going to be the more of them in jail. Like yeah. that isn't. If you if they if everyone's being policed as hard as black people were, we wouldn't be able to have a prison system because it would be overflowed with people. Half the country would be in jail because everybody doing shit. Everybody running red lights. Everybody's uh, beating their wives. Everybody's doing drugs. Everybody's selling drugs. Like there's a whole bunch of people. It ain't just black people doing this. It ain't just uh, people from Latin uh, Latino community. It's not just for Asian people doing it. It's everybody is. So it's like his whole argument is that it's just like people of color that are causing the problems. There, he, he, everyone's fine. Like hitting people like him are fine. Meanwhile, he beating up his family and shit, choking them out. Like it's frustrating because this isn't this isn't just a movie. This isn't just American History X, and it's like oh, Edward Norton playing this character, and this doesn't actually happen. It does happen because people are in the comments validating what he's saying. Like, I have gotten an argument. Well, I try not to get in arguments. I just bow out of it. But the I've seen people who have made these com- these comments. There was someone, kind of going back to the COVID-19, I saw there was a thread of a friend from back when I went to high school with him. Uh, he was, he's kind of, you know, he kind of lost his way and he's kind of far right crazy now or whatever. But he's struggling anyway with his businesses. So karma got his ass. But, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he was saying that coronavirus is a hoax with her pandemic. And I'm like, I that shit drives me nuts because that ain't even got to do no, no black folk, white folk, racist bullshit. That is killing everybody all over the world. So I don't understand. Like, stop trying to, America, stop trying to make this your little racist cause cause it, or your little crazy conspiracy cause. This is a, a, a world global thing. Just don't fuck this one up. But still, he's saying it's not real. And then he's talking about because, like, the actual deaths were 9,000 or something, people who have underlying conditions, it doesn't count type thing. And then a lady comments, and she's very uh, open and shares that a friend of hers died died from coronavirus uh, because they had two underlying conditions, and the coronavirus obviously heightened it, and then they, they couldn't handle it. So what, what would have been 30-something years more of life turned into three months. And... uh and someone's comment is, or his comment is, oh, she had underlying conditions. Like that, it wasn't like I'm so sorry for your loss, but like I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to speak my piece. He could just said that. No, he just said she had underlying conditions. Like he put, like he told her, like let me put, I told you. You said like, it was all in all caps too. Yeah, in all it? caps. And then another person comments, uh, people die all the time. Just get over it. That's where we are, y'all. Yeah, we're no empathy has left. Nobody has empathy for each other anymore. When did we lose empathy? Yeah. It's it's crazy. Like I'm like just don't even let's like, leave the racism alone. Leave the black leave all of that shit alone, the politics. Let's talk about death. And let's talk about that people are losing their lives. I don't want a cop to lose their life. I don't want a black person to lose their life. I don't want a criminal to lose their life. I don't want a, a innocent little child to lose their life. I don't want someone from the the Middle East or from Russia or from another country losing life. I don't want an American losing life. It's like that's just period. Mm-hmm. Take all the other shit out of it. So the fact that we're getting to the point now where people are like, oh, people die all the time, just get over it. That's your argument, because that's fighting words. Like 
it's time to put like put our bows up and just like like if people are just going to be threatening people's existence, then the, when the people have to fight for their lives, which in turn sometimes turns into protests, which lead to to anger, uh, and then you start you know destroying buildings or something like that or whatever, and that's such that's such a small collateral, for for people constantly being in fear of losing their lives. Like, people are in fear of losing their lives for hundreds of years and all they did was burn down a Starbucks? That's it? You should be thankful. They could have been a way worse. Like, didn't war start over one person getting shot? We had a world war over one person being shot, but we got hundreds of people being shot and somebody burned down a Starbucks and you mad. You should be you should be praying to God like thank you Lord that black people have been this chill about slavery. We still fucking dancing and singing and shit and doing the Grammys and like we're giving you Beyonce and we're smiling and laughing. We got Kevin Hart laughing and giggling on all these TV shows, making you laugh and being all funny. You got Cardi B like yeah 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 like being funny. We entertaining you. Meanwhile, you killing us and we're scared for our fucking lives, but we still making you fucking laugh. We're we're that little fucking jester dancing around in front of the king with a chain around our neck, with people holding spears at our heads, and we still trying to make the king laugh, knowing that. They want to kill us at the same damn time. And you're going to be mad over some fucking goddamn burnt down building? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm not, I'm not against, or I'm not, I'm not promoting the violence, but I'm saying when the violence happens, you should be not, you shouldn't be surprised why it got there. Cause it's actually way less than what it could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. This is my second riot that I've been through in the last five years. Um, so before all this happened, there's another one that happened in Charlotte. Um, that African American man, black man, handcuffed, shot him three times, and he was on the ground already too. He wasn't even moving. I remember this. What and is then, the point of that? Exactly, but they hid it, and they said, "No, no, no. This he was trying to run. He pulled out a gun." And then all these lies, and everybody figured out that it was lies because two. And you can just tell they were on somebody's camera phone, happened to grab it and show that he was in handcuffs on the ground, shot twice by a cop. And that was it. That was one of like the last straws in Charlotte. And everybody just started protesting. Um, and, you know, they blocked the highways off. Like people were, you know, like forming uh, lines. Yeah. human chains and then in the actual city i mean it was literally there was uh like wine bottles with the fire like being thrown there's Molotov cocktails yeah they yeah. were being set off everywhere um yeah. and the national guard got called in um the city shut down for almost like a week and i remember um uh, i was part of it i was there it gets really complicated because you know, I have one of my closest best friends is a cop, and then I have my family. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's I try to see both sides, but I also tell her, hey, like I love you, and I don't want to see anything happen to you. But also, this has to happen because look at X, Y, and Z. All the statistics are showing what's happening now, and here we are. There's video proof. Like there's no covering up for this person that's in your district of what they did. So yes, you are being held accountable now for their actions. One bad cop equals, oh, everybody's a bad cop. 
Two points. Two points. So, like, number one, this doesn't have to happen if you fix it. Like, like, you don't want there to be riots and stuff like that? Fix the underlying issues. Yes. Fix the mm-hmm. issue where they're covering stuff up and getting away with it. Fix that. Number two, there's this phrase, I saw this on Twitter, that's like, oh, well, it's just a few bad apples. We forget the second part of that, which is a few bad apples ruins the whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, I'm not a, per- like, or uh, Mike said this, I kind of agree. I'm not a person that thinks, like, just because you're a cop, you're a bad person. But I think that the institution is flawed and therefore what you said is valid and true like yeah it's like even with the pandemic when people say like only this many people have died i'm like that's not a sentence that's not that's not like a sane sentence only this okay if one one death from coronavirus is too much so we got a hundred if we all went two hundred thousand y'all in america not the world um, it's a big problem. So it's like the same thing where like people say like, oh, well, this we're uh, George Floyd. That's just that time. Like, no, it's not just that time. We don't even people. When I was at the one protest I went to, we were getting caught. We were like, what name we on? Who we saying? Oh, we say say her. Oh wait, him, who? Like when you don't even know who you're shouting out because there's so many people in the fucking two or three weeks. That is too many. Like when there, when has that been the rule that like if you are suspected of committing a crime that we have the right to kill you? What kind of fucked up uh, minority report shit is this? That like, is not how the justice system yeah, is supposed to work. Yeah. I will say it a hundred times, and and it's still true. You are entitled to a trial when you are accused of a crime. Point blank. Period. There is some little rule that that lets police officers get away with executing people with impunity. Well, I mean, check it's it out. It's a whole system around it. If but there's a specific rule that protects them from doing that. That is the issue. Then all the, all the systems around that. Like, I don't, like, I get frustrated. I don't know how you do it, Ash. Because, like, I know some people who either work with police or, like, like they're either, like, in, like, an adjacent police department or, like, are, like they're dating a police officer or like they want to be a police officer. Right. Or like this guy I was telling you about on world of Warcraft. I don't know how you do it with your best friend where it's like, it's frustrating because it's like, I don't want to say like your life doesn't matter. Like, like your, or your goals, your pursuit, like your job doesn't matter. I don't want to say that. I know there's a lot of people who have no problem saying that because they have no one in their life who is related to police officers. Same with you, Mike, with family and law enforcement, but I don't know how you do it where it's like, you have to balance. Like, like I'm not saying your side isn't like valid, but I'm. But you have to hear the other side. Yeah, How do you do that? especially when she had posted that she was, you know, back safe again um, from speaking from the riots that she had to go into, and she actually ended up uh, hurting her knee and stuff in the riots. But um, I, I told her again at the end of the day, my life experiences and what I've personally experienced with racism because. I mean, I, I can tell you I've dealt with it since elementary school and the fact in sixth grade that I had to change schools because I was bullied in, by racism so bad that the administration couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't protect me at all, that my parents had to pull me out and put me into a different school because of my safety at some point and the fact that they had this happy kid go from happy to suicidal all of a sudden mm. and trying to put X, Y, and Z. But when you're being told to go take, uh, you know, I'm 
freaking sixth grade had these cool awesome space cards like you know playing deck card i thought you know coolest thing in the world and i still remember it so specifically because i had in like these cargo like uh pants and uh the girl going um a group of them uh going hey spick what's in your pocket you smuggling drugs from across the border why don't you go back over to the other side of the border like what is that you got drugs in your pockets and i'm like this is sixth graders yeah. Girls and boys. Why girls and boys saying this? Like, where did, at sixth grade, where are you even learning this? Like, I had to go ask my mom what a spick was and what was a wetback. Because I was constantly getting called that every single day. And I didn't understand why I was getting called it. Like, I'm like, I, I came from, my mom always tried to make sure that we were somewhat in an area that had all races. And I didn't fully understand why. I just thought... Oh, she's from New York. Like, wants <laughs> a variety. She's being, like, over the top to yeah. all of a sudden going to an all-white school and that there's only 10 kids of minorities there to, I feel like, had to fit a quota that they needed, technically. And that's the only yeah, reason yeah. why I got in. Like, bust a man stuff. Yeah, and then here we are. Administration can't help you. So mine go all the way back from sixth grade experiences to being, like, Yes, I love you, but from 11-year-old me says this isn't right and things need to change. It's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Like I we shouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah, like so I have up, I repressed a lot of stuff like because mm-hmm. I need to fucking deal with my day. Like I don't want to bring do I need do I want to bring up how people would talk about uh nigger lipping stuff and people would talk about African booty scratchers or grab like pull on my hair and say it feels like pubes and like all these things like that like no and I couldn't fight everybody I'd be fighting every day or like or I'd always kill the, I always be like I'm gonna kill the mood because like everyone he just made one comment so like I gotta let it go but it that shit fucked me up that's why I fast forward now I'm talking shit cause y'all this is what y'all gonna get you lucky. I could be burning some motherfucking shit down. But instead, I'm going to get on the podcast and talk some shit. So you should be fucking <laughs> thankful. Go pray to one of your gods or something. Because I, I could be doing a lot worse. But yeah, it's just... it. It's And that's just that's just us. That's not the whole... Our families and, and these states and, and the whole country for years and years and years. People who are just trying to mind their own fucking business. And we can't. Because even if, you know, that whole, like, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, we try to do that shit, and you will come up in there and snatch the boots off and throw them in the trash or set them on fire. I'm like, well, shit. We try to do shit. If if a people try to come to this country and be like, okay, I'm going to do everything your way, it's it's not that easy to do it your way, because if I try to do it your way, you won't let me. So then I got to find some different avenues and some different shortcuts. But I'm going to still start a business. You guys can eat at my restaurant. You guys will will help will help uh with your produce. Will help with your farms. Will help with all your stuff. Will 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 help your economy. But then you go, no, we don't want you to because you didn't come here legally and all that stuff like that. And you flip all out and want to throw everybody in cages and shit. But then you get mad about picking up. Isn't that picking up by the bootstraps? They figured it out. But you won't let them. Everybody else gets to do it. A bunch of fucking uh. Gap tooth, crusty ass pilgrims get to leave their country. Don't know what the fuck they doing. Move over here. Can't even cook nothing. Ain't got no seasoning. Can't do shit. So then the Native <laughs> Americans gotta come on and be like, "Well, let's help you cook." Cause you don't know what the fuck you doing with these buckles and shit on your shoe, looking a damn fool, your looking like a dog bush. that's got nuts cut off. 
with this big ass feathers around your, your neck. And then they helped them out. They dying and shit. Didn't know what the fuck they were doing, picking themselves up by their bootstraps. The Native Americans should have been like, nah, nigga, we gonna throw you in some cages until you can't come up in here fucking up our totem poles and shit. But no, instead, they, you know, they, they're killing and taking land from these people. And then fast forward, you got America and shit. And they're like, it's the land of the free and it's our. No, like, and then they have the audacity to say, no, but we've learned from them. We're better. Why do you keep holding that against us? I don't know. Because you're still Let's doing just it. look at the riots that literally just happened. It's the same shit happening over and over again. No, you haven't learned. And yeah. you need to learn. And somebody needs to start showing you. It's, 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 it's a small, it can be a small group of people. But you need to denounce that group. You can't get mad at everyone else for not denouncing the small group of problematic people when you won't do it. This is where American History X is actually a great example. So... In American History X, I'm going to spoil the movie, so if you're going to watch it, stop now. Um, skip ahead. Um, but in American History X, he experiences the flaws in his ideology in prison um, for multiple reasons, which we can get into. Um, but he realizes that this is not the system that he wants to be in. So when he gets out of prison, he finds out that his brother is basically following the same path as him, and he tries to convince his brother not to do it. And over the course of the night and telling his brother his story of, of prison, he unveils that, like, more or less everything that they've been taught, starting from even what their dad taught them. Because the whole thing started when why he fell down this, like, really, like, dark ideological path was when their dad was killed. Um, and But the brother is writing an essay that he's supposed to turn in because he wrote an essay on Mein Kampf and his teacher, played by... Uh, his name is Avery Brooks, who plays Professor Sweeney. He's a black man. Um, he he says to him, he's like, I'm going to give you another chance because I don't think you're lost. Because back in the day, um, Edward Norton's character, he actually liked Professor Sweeney until his dad started poisoning him against him. And then obviously his dad was murdered and then he went down the spiral. Um, so his brother starts writing this essay um, about Edward Norton's character. And once Edward Norton tells him, like, he goes to the, the guy who's like their kind of figurehead, their father figure, so to speak, and he says... You know, I'm out and you're not taking my brother with you and this is all bullshit and goodbye. And he disses all of the people who are part of his community, which is really hard. They all get pissed at him. They're all, they point a gun at him. Like, it's really intense, right? Because there's this groupthink gang mentality because it's literally a gang. And they all say, like, you can't turn against us because um, then you're, they literally call him the N-word, right? Like, it, it's really dark. But then he convinces his brother and there's a scene where his brother realizes, like, this is something that's, went, that's been going on even since, like, our dad you know, was saying stuff. Um, and they go back to their room and they, and his brother's like starts taking it down and then he starts taking it down. And Mike, you said this last night where you're like, all it takes is the influencer people in that group to the, the cool one. Cause he's the only one who's, who, who was actually about what he believed. He's the only one that went to prison. He says that to the guy. He's the only one who shot two black men who tried to like rob his car. And he's only, he was really the only like Badass neo-Nazi. Let's, let's say what it is. He's the only one who's really about it. But then he realizes it's all bullshit. No one else is really about it. It's just this fucking like, cool club that they're all in. And he rips it down. And all it takes is for those people who are the ones who are like so cool with everyone to start denouncing shit. And then you start to realize that everybody else are just followers and they're just going along with what... They're the kid brother mentality where they're like, oh, well, I just like this because my brother's into it. Yeah. It, it's not, it, so it's... It, it's the commissioners, it's the police chiefs, it's 
the, the unions, the, the police unions the, that have all this power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're the people who were still around in the 1960s. Let's well, not Well, you know that character is actually based off of a real person. Which character? Uh, the lead. Oh. The, it's Frank Me- Meenink? M-E-E-I-N-K. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like at the top neo-Nazi. And there's a bunch of articles actually written on him. Um, and that he states like a lot of those people from his old group are cops now. Which wow. brings him back to the point, has the KKK and neo-Nazis infiltrated um, the police there, and our government officials? I do believe so, in a major way, because if there's a group of people that think that all minorities are problematic and destroying our country, then the one you're not going to become a teacher. You're not going to become a doctor. You're not going to become you know something that, that cures people and helps people. You're going to become someone that can police people or try to clean the streets. But you're cleaning the streets based off some whacked-ass ideology. So it's like, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's happening. I yeah. don't understand why people like, we don't, you obviously don't see the meetings, the organ, like the, the organization, like on TV. It's not a, there's not a channel. There's not, there's not like uh, rallies out in the middle of, I mean, sometimes there are, which is, that's a whole nother thing that blows my fucking mind that they can actually meet and congregate with Nazi flags and stuff. And they're like, you said allowed. Charlotte. I forgot Charlottesville. That's not the same as Charlotte. That's Virginia. Okay. That's, that's, that's yeah. a different, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. That, that's what but I that's the same thing exactly happened there, where they were having the neo-Nazi rallies with the that actually it was neo-Nazis and KKK were having their rallies, and then obviously people were coming to protest, and then it broke out, and uh, one of the neo-Nazis drove his car through a crowd of people, ultimately killing um, innocent good folks. Yeah, um, and it's also just proving that like. Not a lot happened to them. Like, they, the police were partially protecting them, saying that they were having a right to be there. Yeah. And um, I know we were kind of laughing the other day when um, we were talking about uh, conspiracy theories and stuff. And I was saying how uh, that a lot of the neo Nazis from uh, Hitler, like. So actual Nazis, right? Actual Nazis, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, that the Nazis uh, came over to America and started infiltrating the government system um, and becoming higher ranks within there. Um, And then this, like, kind of starting. So I was actually reading an article, and it was talking about how the FBI was doing investigations of whether or not Nazis had infiltrated the government and the KKK. And this article was written, I read, in 2016, but the investigation started 10 years before that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking now in 2006, and there was investigations before that. So it's just interesting how we keep having to have these investigations each year. Like Now it's 2020, and we're still saying the same thing. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one better. Over so and over again. I did my, I did my research on this. This has been on the radar of the FBI since the 1990s, okay? So Project Megiddo was a report researched and written by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation under Director Louis Free, released in October 20, 1999, one year after American History X came out, by the way. The report named followers of white supremacy, Christian identity, the militia movement, black Hebrew Israelites, and apocalyptic cults as potential terrorists who might become violent in reaction to the new millennium. Okay, so... That was in the 1990s. Then we have the report you're talking about, which I believe is in 2006. Um, yeah, so 
There, were you? Did you look at the article? It's on the Intercept. Was that the one? Ooh, I'm not sure. I kind of looked up multiple. Yeah. And then they just kind of all squished together. They did, yeah. Because I think they're talking about the same thing. Basically, there's a data trove that's like the that is public knowledge that's from the FBI um, that a lot of people have been writing about lately. So this is from the Intercept about the uh, the FBI documents from 2015 and then from 2006. So white supremacists and other domestic terrorists maintain an active presence in U.S. police departments and other law enforcement agencies. A striking reference to that conclusion, notable for its confidence in the policy prescriptions that accompany it, appears in a classified FBI counterterrorism policy guide from April 2015. Okay, so that's 2015. Then the infiltration includes covert supremacist operatives called ghost skins, who the FBI guide states are encouraged and trained to blend into regular society without displaying their real views while advancing the goals of supremacists and also that they have implemented a strategy of protecting these investigations from discovery by specific officers who actually been added to the terrorist watch list by hiding that information within the um, NCIC and other national crime databases. Um, This is in a heavily redacted version of an October 2006 FBI internal intelligence assessment. The agency raised the alarm over the white supremacist group's historical interest in infiltrating law enforcement communities and recruiting law enforcement personnel. This is the thing, though. I'm going to say, this is how I feel about when people say Russian collusion. Uh, That can happen, and that probably did happen. Also, Nazis probably did infiltrate the police uh, force. And, yeah, the KKK probably also did infiltrate, like, our political institutions. But that is a scapegoat from the fact that it was, we were an entity or an organization or a country that was already accessible to them. It, it's not like, it's not like, oh, we were great and we were perfect and we were good until the Nazis came and infiltrated the police force. Uh-uh, hold on, hold the phone, wait a minute. We, y'all didn't have slaves for, hundred, for hundreds of years, or not hundreds of years, but a, a good amount of time before uh, America even had the 4th of July. Yeah. You had slaves already. So you already were fucking shit up. And before you even had the slaves, you already was decimating the indigenous people. So this, the problem is, is that the country is built on some really problematic foundation, and we don't want to rebuild any of that. Everybody's afraid if you if you get rid of that, that everything's gonna fall apart. So they, they keep there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like institutions and structures that we have that are problematic from the from the get go. Like the whole idea of the police is like, who do you think they were policing? Because you went, you went from like having uh, just soldiers and people fighting, you know, uh, Britain to the South and the North fighting and stuff, and you ha- and then you have like slaves no longer being like your property, no longer allowing to be your property, but they got they roaming free and running the streets. But how do they regulate those, those slaves? How do they catch those slaves? How do they how do they get to continue to get free labor if they can't have slaves anymore? Well, how about we make a group of people that drive out in these little cars? Could be a couple of local people, maybe some well-renowned people in uh not well-renowned, but some renowned people in the town that we know, you know, Bob and Jim and Tim and all those motherfuckers getting the paddy wagon, the getting the little old car. Boys. Yeah, the good old boys. They go and they chase out and find any person that looks suspicious, which suspicion that back then equaled free slave black person uh and then they arrest them and when they arrest them then guess what now they're a criminal of the state based off of our constitution they still uh 13th amendment they're still they can make them work and build railroads and 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 build factories and build shit as a for free labor as a prisoner now not a slave because slavery is illegal so 
That sounds to me like police. If you have a bunch of guys chasing slaves and capturing freed slaves, those, those were police officers back then. And so I'm not trying to, like, it's like, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to say that all police are bad. And I don't think that's the truth. But you're, you do have a, a, a very problematic history. So you have to work very hard to separate yourself from that. I don't feel fucking bad for you. Imagine what Germany has to do. <laughs> yeah, to come back. Imagine, imagine what they have to like, you, you, If you're so confused, well, how do we re- re- rebuild? How do we do that? I don't know. Why don't you ask the fucking countries that used to be an axis of evil and had to reform from that? Why don't you go ask Japan to give you some fucking notes? Why don't you go ask uh, Russia? Well, don't ask Russia because you already asked Russia too much shit. Uh, <laughs> why, uh, they, 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 no, don't do that. Uh, well, go ask Germany. Go ask, you know, uh, with Italy, go ask like these these countries that had to come back from a really problematic uh, point of time where they where their whole government or their whole army and shit were, were, were problematic. They still have their issues, but they are reforming. America's like we ain't never did nothing wrong ever. We've been perfect this whole time, and that's the thing is like it's okay. Just admit that we have some issues that we need to fix. It's not good. It's like a, a if a parent, if a mom and dad, like the mom is on drugs and the dad is an alcoholic and then the kid's like, mom, dad, you guys need to stop drinking and do all this. It's, making, it's ruining the family. And they're like, shut up. It's fine. We'll be okay. And then the kid's like constantly trying to tell them, like, it's all right, mom, dad, we can fix this. I still love you, but we just need, you guys need to fix these addictions and these illnesses you have. But the parents just keep denying it, denying it, saying it's not a problem. So now the kid gotten older, he is, he's fucked up. He's traumatized because he, he didn't went through a whole life of abuse and, and dealing with this crazy fucking household. So now when he has a family, the first thing he's going to be doing, he's going to be freaking out and worried. Like, well, am I going to be an alcoholic? Maybe I am an alcoholic. He might become one. He might be worried that he, he now he doesn't even know how to love his wife or his partner or his husband, whoever, his children, anybody, because he his idea of love was an alcoholic father and a drug addicted mother who was who didn't who was in denial. So that shit continues, continues, continues. So that deny that deniability just makes it worse and worse and worse. So it's the same thing in America. If you have a bunch of people keep saying racism is not a problem for years and years and years, we get to we fast forward to now. Now, well, we don't know how to fucking deal with racism because we kept saying we now is not the time or we kept trying to pretend like it wasn't an issue. Like, deal with this shit. Fix your home. This is our home. I like America just as much as anybody else. Probably more. I like it more than you because I'm willing to say America's fucked up and still stay here. I'm willing to live in California and the air is really bad and the whole thing fucking state's on fire. But I still want to be here. Like, I, I want to be here because I like it. And I want to fix it because I like it. I want to call out the problems of it because I like it. It's not, it does, that doesn't mean we hate it. Like, I'm not burning flags and I'm not burning uh, presidents in effigy or anything like that. People feel like criticism is, like, hatred right now. Like, people feel, like, specifically white people, like my people. Like, we feel like if you're criticizing us, that means, like, you hate us and you want us to, to die. But you can criticize everybody else. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a we double standard. I think it's hypocrisy, and I think actually what it is is it's us having a fucked up part of our psyche that like we benefit from all of these things that we haven't reconciled with and we haven't made restitution for. Um, it's it's like living in a house that's haunted by dead bodies that your grandpa buried under the floor, and you haven't made peace with that. Like we're living in a haunted house right now. Yeah, the foundation. And we don't want to admit. Yeah, we don't want to admit it, um, because it makes us 
scared like are we killers like did we like it's the pride and ego that starts to get in the way it is. you, you want to hold on to the prideful part of your heritage which is actually very wrong sorry but not sorry the truth is like what you're holding on to is racism deaths of black and latin people and all other races and thinking that you are the almighty when realistically (laughs) you're not (laughs) and that you need to be brought back down and accepted but you're too busy being like no this is I'm right. I can't be wrong. Like, this is who I am. This is my heritage. Look at my Confederate flag. And it's like, you know, what are you doing? That makes me, I'm going to say something real dicey. Say Uh-oh. it. Fuck American ancestors. Like, fuck all of them. That's what I'm going to say right now. We holding on to that shit too much. Like, I'm not going to do what the, I'm not going to do what my black ancestors did for damn sure. I like, I, I, I understand the struggle. I respect the struggle they went through, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going, before I become a slave, I'm going to fuck somebody up. So if I'm able to say that, now I need the white person to be like, okay, I understand where my ancestors came from. I respect their struggle, but I'm not about to do what they did, own slaves. We are a new set of people. I'm not going to hold on to that shit. Imagine if black people, like, that, is that what you want us to do? You want us to be, you want us to hold on to our traditions as bad as you are holding on to yours? Like, I know that I could have freedom, and I know that I could be equal, but man, it was great being a slave back then. I want, that's my heritage. Put up a statue of the best slaves in, in America. Like, uh, We are a new generation. We don't have to be what our parents were. We don't have to be what our grandparents were. We can be the change. We outnumber the boomers now. Yeah. Like, we can literally (laughs) be the change. Your existence is an an homage, is an honor, and it it is uh, in, in, in dedication to your ancestors and to your family. True. You, your existence. You don't need. You don't need to like do every little thing they did. Why would you want to relive all their problems and all their all their faults? That was that was their existence. That was their time. Live in the present. The present now is a mixed world where we all speak different languages. Your cousins and shit. Some of your cousins are Mexican. Some of your cousins are black. Some of them white. You don't know everybody mixed up. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> fat and skinny, tall and short. Mm-hmm. Everybody playing sports, singing, dancing. Who knows? There's gay mm-hmm. people. There's straight people. There's some people that don't even. It's like I'm. It depends on the day. It it's like we. It's it's a mix. Ash is just like yeah. Let's jazz hands. Yeah, it just snaps all day because it's like we are such it's we are such an evolved people. But some people want to stick back in this like it's like if a if a group of animals suddenly developed like they they were all fish, and then some of them developed legs. And then they were like, let's go walk on land. But then some of the people, some of the legs are still like flopping on the ground. Like, well, I still just want to flop like I used to do when I was a fish. Like, nigga, we on land now. You need to walk. It's Get because some people are afraid of legs. They don't know what's on this land. That's but, scary. But it's not going, if you just sit there. <laughs> I want to stay in the water and flop around. <laughs> I don't want to go. That those people are the people that set themselves in bubbles. You need they to... are so in their bubbles. They don't want to get out of their bubbles. People, it's time to leave your small little cities and realize that your bubble isn't the whole world. Yes, evolve. Branch out. Yeah, it's, that's the opposite of what they want so to do. It's so much fun. I'm going to tell y'all, it's so much fun. <laughs> you, you, you crazy right-wing bigots or whatever. Even some of your people that are so far to the left that you don't, you can't see straight. Like, it's so fun in the middle. It's so fun when you get to hang out with everybody. Like, 
ooh, like the, the clubs and the dancing and the music we listen to. Like, we get to have all of that and then enjoy it. Meanwhile, you just still mad because, like, a gay person wanted to buy a cake from you. That's what you're, you're, that's what you're mad about. But we, have, <laughs> we eating the cake. <laughs> We chit, we partying, we having a great time. Black people, uh, people of color, anybody with all these subordinated identities, you're so badly trying to hate on us and bring us down, but we still having a motherfucking party. We still got like, what, look at the Grammys, look at the Oscars, look at this this left this left liberal Hollywood. That shit is fun, and we having that fun in the midst of all you trying to be mad at us. Meanwhile, you mad at us and you sitting on the middle of a farm still trying to hold on to your coal mining job. Like, <laughs> nigga, I'm going to tell you right now, I think I'm winning in the, in the, in the grand scheme of, of life and, and, and finding happiness through pain and through struggle. I think I'm winning. You you bad, you mad and bitter and you just sitting in, the, in, a, in a corner. You literally have white skin privilege and you still ain't shit. That that's something you need to look deep at. If you're if you're some forty two year old white man who is struggling and having the worst time of his life, but then also a man who looks just like you as president of the United States and he's the forty fourth one that's that has done this, you suck. If that's you, when we say we're tired. We're tired. We're still gonna have a damn good time and make shit oh yeah, happen. It's gonna be a party. We're tired. But we're tired and we're gonna speak up now and tell you how the shit really needs to be because it's it's like yeah, it's just stupid. That's it, all yeah, it's, like, it's so all like just letting it's like letting let's move on, let it go. I have and, two thoughts on this. Okay, uh, <laughs> because go ahead, I, white person. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get the white thoughts out there. Um, no, I have no problem with any of that stuff, honestly, because it's like like uh, it's like in American History X, the professor Sweeney, he shows up after a really t- traumatic experience happens to Edward Norton's character when he's in. Uh, when he's in prison, Sweeney shows that he calls him and he comes and he brings him some books to read and he just talks through with him. And he, Edward Norton's basically on the verge of tears. He's like, just help me. Like, I want to change. Like, 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 I don't know what to do. And Sweeney goes, all right, answer me this. Has anything that you've done in your life made you feel better? Has any of this made you feel better? Or made your life better? Has any of this made your life better? Any of your white ideology, your you know white supremacist neo-Nazi worldview, has any of it actually made your life better? And he's like, no. And I think about that in terms of the the rise of the alt right and the far right and the white nationalism of Donald Trump. Four years later, has any of this made your life better, white conservative person? Because it certainly has not made my life better in any way. And I'm saying that as a white guy, I don't feel any. I don't feel that I've benefited anyway. I'm sure I have. I'm, I'm not the one that's on the line here. I mean, I, I have passing privilege where I get to walk around not being harassed by these people. I can put on a trucker hat and wear a flannel like I do most days, and nobody would think that I'm, you know, I'm more concerned about people in my neighborhood right here thinking I'm a Trump supporter than I am of the other way around, you know? So... <laughs> Like I'm not gonna put a tiki torch in my front yard, even if I love tiki torches because of that. Yeah, you don't want anybody to be misconstrued. Like, you know, look like, at his shopping cart. Oh, you got a tiki torch? Oh shit! But oh. has anything that has happened, the, the administration done, or that your ideology, like, like you're not happier? That's that's the thing I want to get to, and like they're still angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I looked up this quote, you know, because I was like, why do people go into neo Nazis, and and what what is this all about? So there's a former white supremacist, Christian Picciolino, uh, P- uh, Picciolini, excuse me. Uh, he started the Free Radicals Project after he left um, his community. 
And he used to believe in a lot of the hate-filled sent- sentiments of, you know, the neo-Nazis and all that stuff. And it's, it's just it's interesting. I'm just going to read what he said. He said, the rhetoric that I'm hearing today in our society is very similar to the rhetoric that I used to say 30 years ago when he was part of this, um, that I was part of the white supremacist neo-Nazi movement. Everything from the words invasion to the ideas that people are going to replace whites, he says, those are all ideas that I used to spout when I was a neo-Nazi. It, like, it, it's just, it, it, like, when he joined the, the neo-Nazi party, it was because he needed something in his life. He was filling a void, right? It, it absolutely provided camaraderie that I hadn't found in real life until the age of 14 years old. I grew up fairly alienated and bullied. It empowered me at first. It was the first group of people that accepted me as a family that filled me with a sense of purpose. 14 is a really magical age when it comes to extremism or radicalization, and that's for far-right groups or whether it's ISIS or even gangs in inner cities. It's a time when young people are really trying to develop their sense, that sense of identity, community, and purpose. They're breaking away from their parents for the first time, and if young people are feeling marginalized or maybe they're vulnerable and they get detoured by what I call potholes, the things in life that we encounter, like trauma or mental health issues or poverty or joblessness or even privilege, um, which can keep us in a bubble. Those types of things detour people as they're searching for identity, community, and purpose. On the fringes, there's always somebody with a narrative ready to give it to you and to certainly blame somebody else for the pain that you're feeling. And he says, I, he goes on to say, I think we're failing young people. You know, radicalization does not start when somebody finds an ideology. I think that pre-radicalization st- stage starts the day that we're born and we start to hit those potholes in the road. And if we can't fill them, we get detoured to the very dangerous kind of fringe areas. And I think that we're failing young people in the sense that we're not serving their needs. We're not amplifying their passions. We're not finding the areas to refocus their energy before they find these ideology. Um, and that made me think, like, before we watched American History X, we, uh, I was watching a, doc, a documentary last night, docuseries, called The Vow. And in it, it's all about these people who find purpose in a more or less a cult-like organization where they're, you know, they're searching for meaning in their life and purpose, and they find this like in this self-help system that this company has. And it's all led by this one guru guy, as it always is. And they start really falling into line and, and, and just devote themselves fully to this where the, to the point where they're spending thousands of dollars and they're um, you know, committing to like, oh, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to become a teacher program and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work my ranks up. They have this whole rank system where it's like, I have like the the green cloths and the white cloths and I work my way up to the orange cloths and all this like it's all culty pyramid scheme stuff. But there basically what happens is there's a guy who's really high up who becomes fully radicalized where he's talking to his guru every day for 7 years. And he's just so enamored with this man and the system. He's like if everyone, you know, believe what this guy believed like it would change the world, you know, he found purpose. And he was just like me in that he's a filmmaker. Um, he, you know, wanted something in his life that, that he could, you know, he wanted to help the world because he grew up in, I didn't, this isn't like me, but he grew up in apartheid South Africa and he really felt like that was, you know, wrong what they were doing and wanted to find purpose in this guy. And then he let that believe, lead him on to the point where he didn't see what was right in front of him. And that a lot of what this guy was saying was bullshit. And he had a secret sex cult (laughs) where he was like making women like devote themselves to him. That's what the whole vow thing is from. And he had this, he couldn't see it and he couldn't break himself from it until finally he, like, like his wife left him and left the system that they're in. And finally he had to hear it multiple, multiple times before I beat, beat it over the head with him enough that he's like, oh my God, everything that I've devoted myself to is a lie. And that mirrors exactly what Edward Norton went through last night. And I just think that there's 
so much of what is going on right now is just people feeling aimless in their life, needing purpose, finding it in this like ideology where they think, oh, it's pretty straightforward. It's a system that I follow. You know, you keep your head down, you keep working, uh, you work your way up, you um, and you know you'll benefit. And all of the people who disagree with that, you know, they're all those crazy radical liberals and they're the problem and they're trying to get us to, you know, um, you know, destroy America because they hate America and they hate me. And then wrapped up inside of that is these racist ideas that they get where they, you know, you know, blame black people and Latino people and all these other people for their problem. And it all stems from this issue of when we're, you know, 14, 15 years old and we're looking for purpose in our life. And we find it thinking that we're going to follow this influencer or that influencer, someone who is a mentor in our life. Maybe you don't have that person. Maybe you don't have a father figure in your life to look up to or a mother figure. And, and you find it in these radical extreme ideas. And like, I've, I've, I mean, you, you heard the origin story episode. We talked about it. I was that kid at that time. Like I could have been that kid. I could have gone a completely different road in my life and wound up in this organization. And I just think like, there is, we, we, you will be accepted by all of the people who are willing to change with you. If you're willing to change, if you're willing to open yourself up to it, everyone's going to accept you. I, I think we should anyway, because if we don't, then what, how, how do you live? How do you make peace with these people who have such different ideas than you and, and wish you dead? Like on both sides, like, cause it's like, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, all these like neo-Nazis and far-right people, you know, well, if they don't change their ways, we're just going to kill them. Or like, or if, or if they will never accept you because of what you believed when you were like, you know, five years ago or six years ago or whatever. If you're willing to make the change, I think that there are people who will accept you. That's my personal belief system. We have to, because otherwise it's like, how are we going to live with half the country at this point? That was a long rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you gotta get you. I mean, you can't, I gotta get it you out. You can't take the, the the white male out of you. So yeah, of course you're gonna dominate the conversation with the people of color. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me have it. Let me I'm have it. I'm just kidding. But uh, Shots fired. no, I feel, I mean, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Uh, but I, I totally I agree with you. But this is the thing that I, as you were speaking, I was like, damn, I thought about something. Is imagine if, like, basically. Dear police force, police unions, stop hiring white gang members and white people with gang mentality. Because imagine if, uh, imagine if you hired if like a bunch of police officers are black guys, but they all like are crip affiliated or blood affiliated. They probably would do some problematic shit. They probably <laughs> they would probably uh, profile specific people, go around and harass certain people, and do and, and cause an issue. But for some reason, the white people seem to be the only ones that people they can have they can be kind of aligned with a problematic criminal organization like like a gang or something KKK neo Nazi or white supremacy alt right. They can be they can be aligned with these things and still get normal jobs, but everybody else can't. So like that that that's and then so because of that you have these people in the police force stuff that 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 are their their brains are they're not right they should not be they should not even have a gun they should not be in this position because they probably already think less of certain people based off of their their identity their uh their gender their their race their sexuality something like that and now you're giving them a, a gun and telling them that they are the law 
no, 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 no. So it's like, stop. It's like, you got to be, you have to figure that out. You, that, that has to, before training and all that happens, you have to be able to understand through some kind of psych exam or something to really find out how these people feel about human beings. If they care about human life, they need to, they need to value human life as much as a doctor does. Basically, mm. it's like whatever Hippocratic oath <laughs> that the doctors take, police officers should be taking the same thing because they dealing they're dealing with human life. Like you are, you are, you are, when you're arresting people and deciding whether or not they're going to go to court and and go to and go to prison or or reformation or or you know or just even save someone from 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 a deadly situation or something like that. You need, you're dealing with life, so you need to, you need to be trained on that same level. Like maybe it it sounds unfortunate, but it should probably be a couple of years. It should take it should involve some schooling. It should involve some uh, continued training over and over again, like doctors and and other uh, well, it's like professions. the military how they have to go through boot camp and then after boot camp, then they have to go to their schooling for over six months. So by the time they're actually getting into their career field, it's over a year of training. Then of the day, so if we're holding our military up to the standards. Why are we not holding our police up to these standards if we're giving them military-grade weapons at the end of the day with it? I did see this post um, where it said doctors are to black men, women what police officers are to black men. So when we're saying, you know, holding these standards and we keep saying doctors, doctors are really good for us but also aren't fully treating black women and Latin women, the with respect, and they have these women's lives in their hands, especially with births and stuff like that, mm. and not treating them with the full rights they deserve. Yeah, well, I've seen like seen those news reports where like certain doctors come out, like gynecologists and stuff, and then like people have had all these uh, accusations against them, but they somehow kept their. Uh, license and still was practicing on people and then all of a sudden then it fucking it gets exposed that they were abusing women all this whole time I'm like what like oh my god so this that you bring up a very valid point that like uh dear cops like another dear cops I'm sorry but you're not that special everybody needs to be defunded and, re- and, and reformed in America in <laughs> like we need to do it with the education system we need to do it with our with the doctors and our hospitals and the pharmaceutical industry we need to do it with uh, every facet of our government <laughs> like so it's like there's so many entities like Hollywood's doing it too like you're not like stop being like woe is me like do you not see like it's it I know it's, a, it's such a minuscule thing to other people, but like I'm in this industry, so I care. But the Oscars so white and stuff like that, and and these certain rules and and trying to implement more people of color and and ethnicities and stuff like that within uh film and and television. That is all. That is them going through the process of deconstructing problematic foundations and reforming it based off of where we are now as a society. So you need to do that too. You're not special. You don't get to stay and treating yourself like. Oh, we're gonna still act like the cops of of 1862. No, it's you need to. It's time to you need to move forward. So it's like everybody needs to reform because there's there there are some problem. We're all built off some problematic bullshit. We talked about it when this country started. Yeah. It started off some fucked up shit. Yeah, there are so many problems. Like every industry and every like corner of our country has problematic shit in it because of that reason that you said that it's built on problematic foundations um and i think that's why like when everyone jumps on a certain 
topic, whether they're pointing a finger at Hollywood or whether they're pointing the finger at police, the people who are getting the finger pointed at them today are like, well, what about all of you, other people or other industries that have problems? And it's like, not to take away from the fact that we have very severe, very immediate problems that we need to solve right now, especially with the unfair policing of, of black people. Um, in particular, that issue is paramount. But I can see where the frustration is when all of the attention is being put on that, like the and, and saying oh, the cops are the problem. Like they're they're going to push back on that as anyone would, as as I'd feel when people are like, oh well, Hollywood is this evil leftist cabal that's like trying to like kill all of our rape all of our children. It's like no, <laughs> like I'm not, like I'm not. I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. So it's just like. I can see where people get frustrated when so much shit is on fire and we're trying to say like this person did it, that person did it. But it's like, you have to admit that you are, have a pro like you are part of a problem, right? Like mm-hmm. holding them accountable for their actions, hold yourself accountable for the actions of what has happened. Yeah. Like I feel like I have to do that as a white male, cisgender male all the time, like straight. I, I, I like, I am the, I am the problem, <laughs> you know? Like, and so I feel like I'm constantly trying to hold myself like, hold myself accountable so i feel like i can do it the police have to do it too but it's the it's not even it's not even just a i get frustrated with this idea that like it doesn't just end with being like oh i'm a white guy and like i caused these problems and i acknowledge it done like no you i don't i don't care about you recognizing that or not i don't care if you figure that out or not or not but i do need you to help uh progress the people that have been held back like that you have you have to just just acknowledging you're the supervillain doesn't stop the, the the catastrophe that you already caused if you like if you like blew, if you blew up a hole like if you're some evil supervillain who who destroyed an entire city and then after you destroyed like oh my god i'm the problem and then you walk away <laughs> that's true that's not like, ah, bitch, come over here and rebuild the city because you didn't fucked it up you, yeah. I don't need you to acknowledge what you did wrong. That's that's step one. Yeah. Let's get to let's get to step five now because you didn't have hundreds of years to figure this shit out. But Thousands I'm saying there are people who are still out. stuck on 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 step one, and that's the problem. Or that that's not the problem. That that is a well, problem. Should have paid more attention in history class. American I, history I can X. You, Shout out. <laughs> right, but they're also not fully teaching you everything in history. Yeah. They're leaving a lot of it out of what has actually happened in America that people think they know history but they're not realizing realizing there's so much more to it and also i have to agree that when white people go well i recognize that i'm white and i'm privileged and i have the issue it's always part of me just gets like a little bit annoyed and i'm just like and it wasn't until mike was just said like yeah it's step one like we need to be on step five now i'm like Yes, that's yeah. it. I was like, I get really upset and annoyed when people say that because it's like, congratulations, you recognized your privilege. Just like I was somewhere in this, um, this white girl even said, but whom I speak, I'm just, you know, this white girl um, with blonde hair and I have, and she was just saying all her privilege, but like was saying it in that sense of like realizing that she's privileged, but yet you're not doing anything with it. So mm. recognizing it means shit at the end of the day. What are you doing with the, the privilege you recognize that you have? Yes. That's like literally like a person walking in that has a clean bill of health and is super healthy, walks into a room full of people with with uh, 
terminal diseases and shit to go. Oh my God. So like the other day, like I realized, wow, I am really healthy. And like, <laughs> I just acknowledged that. I'm so happy like, I have two legs and that I can yeah, walk like, around. What do I know though? Cause like, I'm going to live forever or longer, a lot longer than you guys. Sorry. So I'm so sorry about that. Like that sounds crazy, right? So it's like it, but it's it, cool. You acknowledge that. Go have that conversation with yourself. Go sit at your bed, say your bedside or something. Pray to one of them gods and and deal with that on your own. What we need now is to help fix these problems that have been caused from your privilege. Like, and so that's why when I hear like Tucker Carlson and all these people be like, "Oh, right, privilege is not a thing," and all that stuff. It's like, oh, I don't give a fuck if you want to acknowledge that. But you will acknowledge that black people are dying at the hands of police at an unfair uh, rate compared to everybody else. You will acknowledge that the prison industrial complex is a replacement of slavery. You will acknowledge that a black person could steal a backpack and go to jail for for 10 years or whatever the fuck it is. And a, a white person can shoot two people. And then we have to be like, well, we need to look at all the facts and we don't know. Let's let justice be served. We don't want to ruin their life. So you, you will acknowledge those fucking things. Like you will acknowledge the, the problems that have been caused from your privilege. I don't give a fuck. If you, if you understand that, that you have benefits or you have a better life than me, like that's cool. Cause, cause whatever you, you want a cookie bitch. Like, uh, so I'm not, I'm not talking directly to you, Grant, but I am talking to, to, uh, <laughs> this is the dunk on Grant hour. <laughs> He's like, damn. Uh, but I am, I am just saying like that, that is something that I do have to constantly like check myself on when I have the friends that are on the left or whatever. And they like, they're trying their hardest, but they, they're still stuck in that step where they're just like, Oh my God, I realize like how bad, a, that's like a parent literally going to the kid, like, and just saying they realize how bad of a parent they have been and then they walk away (laughs) how do you feel when people are like um i'm sorry for like what's happening and like i'm sorry that like those things happen to you they happen i'm like they're happening to you but like when a when a white person or somebody recognizes that they have privilege and then they say that to you have you had that because i've had that yeah all all the time i get i get essays and shit people be sending me like essays of like how they feel so bad about what has happened to me. And I'm like, one, I, my life is better than yours, so you should be sad for yourself. Uh, <laughs> two, because I'm like, if you're acknowledging that like I'm going through all this turmoil and shit and I'm thriving, then damn, what's wrong with your life? But uh, but it's just like, I don't know what you think is going to happen from that. Like, I don't I don't have anything to give you. If you. If you're acknowledging that you took everything away from me, and then you come over and be like, oh my gosh, I acknowledge that I took everything you have and I'm so sorry. What I have nothing to give you. What are you asking me for? Because I don't have anything. You have the privilege. What, what am I going to There's nothing I can give you that you don't already have or that you didn't already take. It's like going to the, like, if you're Catholic, going to the confession booth and asking for forgiveness, asking for, you know, do 10 Hail Marys and then, you know, you're okay. Again, white person. But no, it's not even because the relieving of white guilt. I think it's not even that though, because like I can't absolve you of the guilt. I can't do that. I'm one person. I don't have. I'm not the. If you apologize to me, it doesn't make slavery go away. It doesn't like. Isn't like the unfinished business disappears and all the the black ghosts of slaves like we are released now. They apologize (laughs) to Mike. (laughs) I ain't shit. You got to do so awkward. I get really awkward when, oh. whether it comes to like something in the gay community or something's happening and somebody goes like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, okay, like that's it. Like I'm mm. done. Like you get nothing <laughs> else out of me. <laughs> like they're expecting you to like haul like, like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, what's your name? Okay, let me write that down. Um, I'll, co- I'll contact the supreme leader of, of the black community or the gay community. I'll tell them you you're know. okay. 
Yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> the truth in one. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a word in with with, with Jesus for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, is with the with the Catholic metaphor. I'll just yeah. let you. I'll let them know. I'll write a. You want a letter of recommendation, dear Jesus. Little Cindy realized that she was mean to me in third grade. She did not mean to touch my afro. At the end of the day, right, with that subject in particular, isn't that something that you have to have right in yourself? You have to just, like, like if you're a white person who feels guilty, that's something you got to work on in yourself. Yes. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you already moved on. And you should You did what you that. needed to do as Mike Thompson to move on. So that person, that white person, needs to do what they need to do to be okay with whatever they did. Yes. So, like, at the end of the, I just, like, that, just as much as, like, we've talked about America needing to be able to reconcile with our problems and be able to fix them from within... Also, police officers and law enforcement, it's up to you. You have to want this change. Like, aren't you tired of, of all these little white kids yelling at you in the street? Yes. Aren't you, aren't you sick of those villains? Or yeah. be, not villains. Are you sick of being the villain? Yeah. Like, like at some point, you want to fix this. Find a way to fix it. It might not be abolishing you because that's ridiculous. It's, it's not going to be just a blanket defund with no, with no actual, you know, uh, consideration of, of, of certain you know uh branches and stuff like that it's there it's, it's going to take some time it's got you got to really look at it but you have to be willing you have to be willing to start this this change and to start this fight and be like okay like if people are out there protesting like you guys are a problem you need to be defunded the response should be we are a problem we let's work together to make sure we can fix it we don't want to be a problem anymore not we're not a problem. You can't just say you can't like that can't be the response when somebody says, I don't like how you are treating me, you are hurting me. You go, No, I'm not <laughs> and then walk away. But that's like, a defense you, mechanism. You can't that shouldn't be for anything. For any conversation, that is not how a conversation uh is had, where one side is expresses how they feel and then you say, No, you don't, you don't feel that way. But once again, there's that cognitive dissonance that people can't accept the two the two conflicting realities of themselves. There's the reality where they're a good person, they're lawful, they're not harming it, they're doing the best they can, and then there's the reality where it's like actually just by being the job title that they have, they're inherently harmful. Or just by being a white person in America, you're inherently benefiting off of systemic issues. Like, th- like it's hard to deal with both sides of that in your head because there's conflict there. And when your body, your mind has conflict, you get confused and stressed out and you lash out in weird ways. So basically, at the end of the day, there's just there's so much problems that we have in our foundation. But I feel like we just have learned that it's important for all of us to acknowledge that right now it's the focus is going to be on law enforcement, cops, our government. And it's like, you guys need to fix these things. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to educate myself and move forward for this change. You know, we are with this podcast, but and, and a lot of people that are protesting or voicing their opinions are. But the people who are resisting, you need to you need to look at yourself and look at that resistance and ask why is it there? And has it made your life better? Has it made your life better? Yeah. So yeah, it's like like be be open to that. And like thank you. I wanna definitely wanna thank you, Ash, for coming on because like this is great to have another perspective. Absolutely. Cause like, yeah, because Grant and I are always going back and forth, but like <laughs> I can only cuss this white boy out for so long and we don't go nowhere <laughs> so like it's uh it's great to have another perspective especially from a woman who has so many amazing identities and 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 experience whether through work life where she's from and stuff like that it's you the world is so it's like a kaleidoscope of of, of 
of interesting people and different people. And we we keep trying to generalize and simplify everything. And it's not that simple. So like when people say it's so hard and I'm getting it, it's like, we know. Absolutely. And we also want to make sure that we're being the change at the same time. The people that are causing the issues need to realize within themselves, like there needs to be change. And the people that are out there protesting needs to realize that there needs to be change beyond just protesting. We need to be going out to the polls, the polls before the election, and make sure that we're choosing the people that are actually making these laws. We, the people, do have the power as long as we are using our power and actually go into the polls to vote and not just at election time. I can't, like, stress that enough. It's not just the election time that has important polls. Your lawmakers, we choose our lawmakers. So we are choosing these laws that are also hurting us. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.